When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now on the TuneIn Radio app. Search End of Days and you'll find the 24-7 network or go to michaeldeacon.com. For any episode you might have missed, my guest tonight is Robert Vandenbroek. He is a medium from Holland. At a very young age, he found he had a psychic ability and saw things which his parents were unable to comprehend. Robert has been able to capture bizarre, ghostly images on camera. The photographs have included energetic images of animals, blind beings, and extraterrestrials. He certainly is a controversial figure. Once again, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Welcome back for another dose of the Michael Deacon program. Always an honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you to those listening here in America and those who listen outside of America. Thank you for all the great support. Of course, hello to those on the live stream right now, and of course, our friends on YouTube. Always good to talk to them. What another week it's been. I've had my ups and downs this week, but what's important once again is that we're all here together again like a big, happy, dysfunctional family. Oh my goodness, I have a great show for you here tonight in a moment. Well, less than a moment. Robert will be joining me uh, here right now along with Johnny. Let's bring them in. Johnny, are you around? Hey, good evening, Michael. Good evening. And Robert, are you there? Hello, Michael. Nice uh, that we can uh, come on your program. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. No problem. I'm glad both of you can be here. And I would like to thank you guys very much for being a part of the program. I know it's very late where both of you reside. Robert, you're out there in Holland. And John, you're out there in the UK. Yeah, I'm in uh, good old London, uh, about five minutes from Wimbledon. And a stone's way, stone's far away from Buckingham Palace, believe it or not. Very cool, very cool. And how did you two uh, come across each other? That's something I've always have been curious to find out. Well, if if I, I if I, if you don't mind, Robert, I, I'll just give him a brief intro. Uh, yes, I met Robert. Yes, yes. It's okay. through, Yeah, I, I met Robert Vandenbroeken through uh, Nancy Tolbert, who I was interviewing on our show, the Doctor J Radio Live Show, which I co-host with John. Elias, 
Um, he came on with Nancy on the second time of asking Nancy to come on with Robert, and uh, he he was outstanding. Um, uh, we had some guests that had called in and wanted to ask questions about his experiences with the paranormal and with his mediumship as well as his crop circles and his phenomenon with uh, photography of, uh, of of you know very strange photography that if you gave him a camera. He would take a few snaps and give it back to you, and there'd be something strange on the pictures. Um, a lot of people were skeptical and thought it was Photoshop and things like that, but um, it's, it's really not that at all. Um, I, I say that because uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people and experienced uh, the, these interviews with Robert that have come as skeptics and uh, has gone away as believers. Um, but yeah, I, I originally interviewed Robert about two years ago, and um, I had him on our show twice. And uh, he was he was phenomenal. We we had an experience where a, a girl had rang up and asked a few questions about what Robert was picking up in his mediumship, and she said that um she felt that that might be her father. Can you ask Robert what what symptoms were of his death? And Robert started to tell her uh, that he had gallstones and uh, he died of this. And uh, this woman, who wasn't really talking directly to Robert, but through our studio, through the the, the, uh, the Facebook, um, she started to write, and she says, I really do feel that they might be talking about my father. Um, can you find out what occupation he was? And so we, we put it through to Robert, and he said he was uh, a tailor. He made he made suits. And uh, and then this girl just said, look, I've got to come away for five minutes because, uh, you know, he's been 100%, and I believe that's my dad he's talking about. And this was all within the first sort of 10, 15 minutes of our show starting up and, and Robert tuning in, um, not to us in the office, but, but actually, you know, people out there in the real world. And he tuned into this German girl, and uh, I believe they exchanged details afterwards. It was quite emotional. And so I've been privy to that experience of Robert. Um, I, I've worked with Robert for about five months now, directly with Robert, and I, I do not find him to be fake at all. <clears throat> I do not find him to be false in any way. Uh, he's very sincere. Um, uh, he's a straightforward guy, you know. Um, for me, it's it's easy to work with him. I've worked with a lot of people in, in Phenomenon, uh, UFO right. Phenomenon. And uh, I'm really happy that, that Robert's getting the opportunity to come out uh, into the international world and talk um, because back home in Holland, where he's from, he said he's had a lot of trouble with the media. Oh, yeah. Um, they've called him a charlatan and all of these things, and it's made him quite depressed in a sense. So he's gone from quite a high profile in Holland to, to being slandered and slated off. And it was a bit like David Icke for me. I watched David Icke have the same situation where he was quite famous and then says a few things and then they they slag him off but uh he's proved them right in the end and i believe robert will do the same so uh back to you michael very nice and yes we'll go over some of those uh horrible things that are out there in the media and um now robert i first randomly came across various photos that you took yourself and i was very skeptical and i wanted to see what else you had put out there and that led me to your website and all this time i was thinking i i gotta bring this guy on the program so i'm glad you're here yeah thank you so much and thank you that you have made some uh, little study from it and thank you john uh, for your introduction uh, it's uh, absolutely true that in the netherlands the media was uh, uh, not all the media but some programs was uh, tell people that uh, it must be fake what i do 
Um, they was never ever meet me. Also, the skeptic organization in the Netherlands was never ever meet me personal. And uh, some serious scientists uh, have do research to me, lots of research, uh, sometimes very long, uh, boring research. But I'm very happy that I have done it. Want they are now official scientific reports that uh, that it is real. Also, one uh, official um, scientific paper. Uh, that shows that uh, I'm not a charlatan. Also, Professor Dr. Roll, the famous parapsychologic researcher from America, was also visit me in the Netherlands, and he was very skeptic, uh, skeptic also to other right. mediums. He have, in the past, he was also unmasked uh, a couple of mediums. He was very um, skeptic, but he was also knowing that there is really more between heaven and earth. And uh, I was very happy that he was visiting me. And then I was feeling, you know, I get now the opportunity to a serious scientific researcher to show him that it is real. And he was doing a lot of tests with me, with his photo camera. He was give, uh different photo cameras to me. He was uh, uh, put the cards in it, uh, doing the cards uh, in it. Uh, he was watching the lens, filming the lens filming uh, the backside for me, everything. And he have given official uh, explanation uh, in the media that I'm not uh, a charlatan and that he have not seen uh, one signal uh, that it is uh, fake or that I'm a fraud. And that's, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's helping me uh, a lot. Of course, uh, it was very painful when uh, people tell lies. But I've learned now to standing above it and to um, keep trust in God, in the source, in the light, and do my work and not focus myself on the negativity, but bring the message from hope and positivity. That sounds great to me. And uh, I do want to go back in time before we get ahead of ourselves just a little bit here. Um, yeah. do, you, do you have any recollection of when you first became aware that you had this uh, unique ability, Robert? When when I was uh, aware for the first time, yes, mm -hmm. yeah, that's one. Then I must go back very long time back. Go in my childhood. I was three years old, and I remember me the first time that I was having my first encounter uh, around my bed. My parents was bring me uh, upside uh, upstairs and to my bed. When my parents was going downstairs, I was starting to see. A sort of black figures. They was having not eyes. They was having not a mouth. They was look like uh, look like um, some dolls that you have in uh, clothes shops. You know, sometimes you see them standing there, and then um, but they was look like that sort of dolls, a sort of later dolls, uh, black later dolls around my bed. Later, I yeah. realized that uh, that there was dead people. <coughs> but, um, um, yeah, I was expect uh, in my childless uh, naiv naivety that everybody um, was see this. And I was telling my parents, and my parents were saying, no, it's not possible, it's uh, your shadow. They was trying to keep me calm and that I cannot panic. Later, when I was a little bit older, um, I was tell children, you know, that I was see color patterns, uh, patterns around bodies, also around trees. 
And I was say that in some quiet way, and expect that they will see it also. Or sometimes I will see that there was standing a man or a woman in uh, the doorway, and then a friend from me, where I was playing with in the in the sleep room, was say, "No, I don't see that." And then you're coming on the point, but there is standing somebody there. And uh, then was coming a little bit moment that I was realized that something was different with me than other people. And then the moment was coming. <coughs> I think that I was five or six years old, maybe four, five, six years old. I um, was playing outside in the street. I was doing some ball game with other children. Sure. And then I was, yeah, then I was see, uh, I was hearing a sort of uh, very high noise, like like the flutes, very high. And I was watching up in the air, and I was see a big white flying disc quiet in the air and I was immediately say look 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 a spaceship a spaceship my instinct was say immediately also it's a spaceship and I remember me that all the doors from the houses were going open and the parents was coming out and was watching with the children to the GFO that was hanging there and it was a flying disc and a lot of people remember it still now a day what they were seeing on that moment and on that moment, I was feel that there was a sort of medical uh, team in the GFO, sort of creatures that was watching me. I was there, they was there for me to look, to watch me on that moment from that's the guy where we will work with later in his life. I was know that, but I was not pay too much attention to it. I was feel something you know, it was feel very trustful, but I was feel it's okay. And I was go uh, to the other children and say, look, see you that there, see you the GFO there. And then the GFO was going upstairs a little bit and it was disappear. And yeah, that was the first time that I was see a spaceship. And yeah, then uh, it was coming a uh, difficult time for me. Uh, I was going to school. Um, first to the little children's school, then for the more growing up school. And I was lost very quick, my concentration. When I was see all the time spirits go through the walls to the children, to uh, the teachers. I was see uh, sometimes that the whole classroom was filled with lights and that sometimes angels was visit. And when I was see that, they would say, no, that's not possible. You are a dreamer stop it and then there was built around my table uh, a, a sort of wall that I was sitting separate that other children cannot see me and that I cannot see other children and I was try to focus my concentration and later I uh, must go to a special school for children that cannot good uh, learn and then on that moment I was uh, it was going uh, down with me. I was uh, get very depressed. Uh, I remember me that I was uh, in the bedroom. I was going to bed up. I was, I think, 12. And I was go out of bed up. And I was see when I was make myself dry in the hall, a blue light filled the hall in, in, in the house from my parents. 
and I will see an apparition from the Virgin Mary. And uh, I was so shocked. I was telling my father, and he was saying, no, that's not possible. And then I was feel myself so lonely that uh, I was lost my consciousness. Right. I was, right. And, and Robert, you were 12 years old when this happened. Yes, exactly. Oh, my. Yeah. So yeah. You, you must have really uh, dealed with some issues going to school and all this is happening yeah, to you. And, and the other kids must have um, kind of been afraid of you. Yes, that's true. I was a very serious kid. I was right. uh, most all the time lonely on my sleep room with no friends. But I was having friends that other people cannot see. But I was lonely on my room all the time. And I was all the time lonely in the garden, behind the trees or behind the bushes. You can ask my family. And uh, that was all the time. Also, when my birthday was there, I was lonely on my sleep room. Thus, now I'm more stronger that I can live between people. It's still di difficult. But I was, uh, yeah... It was bloody serious. I was seeing lots of things. And I was also read minds from people. And sometimes I was very afraid from people. Sometimes I was see that some people can murder somebody, that they have not lots of empathy. I was, when I was a child, I was suffering terrible. And I was getting lots of anxieties. And when I was see the Virgin Mary um, from out my, from out the bedroom, uh, I was lost my consciousness and then my mother and my father was, uh, bring my body to my sleep room and I was seeing nothing. I was blind on that moment. Everything was go black and I was hearing like, you know, uh, or I was hearing the noise through a sort of pipe. It was sounds far away and then I was coming back and I was get my consciousness back and also the blackness was go away from my eyes. And yeah, I was lost my consciousness on that moment. I think too much stress, um, afraid that I was crazy. And then my parents was going that day to psychiatric uh, helper where I was come then when I was uh, a child. And they was giving me lots of medicines. Uh, the medicine was called Dipiperon. That's a medicine they give to uh, people with Alzheimer and with dementia and also to psychotic people. It was make me yeah. very uh, tired. And then um, the psychiatric helpers was tell my parents uh, he must go to a psychiatric institute and stay there. And uh, we will start a research to him. And uh, it was very terrible for my parents. When my parents was... Yeah, they was trying to help me and they uh, was wishing the best for me. But they was thinking that uh, the 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 um, the helpers was was right on it. They they was hope that they can make me better. My parents was having not enough knowledge on that moment from paranormal gifts. And then I was go to the psychiatric institute. It was horrible. Uh, I must sleep there and uh between uh, very aggressive children and psychotic children. Right, and, and the doctors must have not believed a single word you said to them, right? Exactly, they was oh not my. believe it, and they was uh, the the plan, the health plan was ignore him, ignore him, ignore him. This, what he's telling, ignore him, and try to bring him back to the reality. 
And then I was sitting there almost a year, and then a nurse was there, and she was talking with me, and she was saying, no, you are not crazy, you are psychic. And um, then she was tell the psychiatric helpers there, you know, Robert uh, Seifings, and it's real, it's not crazy, it's real. And the helpers in, in the institute was... Uh, know in the deepest from the soul, from them own soul, that I was real, that I was psychic. They know that I was read minds, but there was find, found it an, yeah, an, an, an difficult part. And then this nurse was tell, uh, to the psychiatric help team, listen, uh, this kid must go away from this institute. He, he's not belong to here. He is psychic. And then they was sue her. And they will tell her that she is not welcome more, that she is dangerous, that she destroy the health plan for me. And then my parents was visit a psychological helper in Nijmegen. His name is Rens Hendricks. And this man, uh, some some um, uh, family from my mother was giving the advice to my mother, uh, go to Rens Hendricks. He is uh, well known with psychic things. And my parents was go to him and uh, this psychological helper was having an experience in his life that he was meet God, that he was meet the God source around him. Yes. And he have not a, yes, he have not the permission to tell exactly what was happening there. He, he have not the permission to talk about it, but it was give him um, the opportunity that he was get some special powers to activate uh, processes in the soul from people uh, in the form of give uh, people healing, put his hands on your head and then do something or, or between the picture. And my parents was going to him with a picture from me. My parents was not telling me when they was go to him. And on that moment, I was still in the psychiatric institute. And on one moment, I was feel in a distance that some sort of surrogate father was coming to me and was make contact with the deepest part of my soul and was sucked me out the misery there and was um, uh, motivate the part that I was see real things uh, and that I was psychic. It was give me uh, the recognition on that moment that I was feeling my inside. I must accept that I'm psychic and that I have a relation with God, with another world, and that I have a job. And I was, uh, see the time on the clock and I was asked my parents later, was that the moment that you was, uh, visit Rance? And it was exactly the moment when he was took my picture and helped me in a distance. And then my gifts, Rance was helped me, my gifts a little bit, um, help me to close my gifts a little bit and that I can be a normal kid. I was on that moment 13, 14, 14 years old. And then on the institute, they was tell my parents, you know, Robert is not talking so much more about things that he see and that he feels. We will give it a try to bring him home. And then they was let me come at home. Yes. And uh, then to my 15 years old, it was stay quiet and I can be a normal puber. And then when I was 15 years old, uh, 16 years old, the gifts was coming back. Yes. And at this point, what were your parents thinking? Okay, so they think my son's better now and then 
a few years later, things start to really uh, progress, correct? Yes, yes. My parents was accept now that I was having gifts. Rens was tell uh, the, them that I uh, I I have gifts and that I must learn to grow with it and that I have to do later in my life a job with it. And um, my parents will still go to him and Rens was guided me in it. And my parents was now knowing what's going on, that I was not crazy or psychotic or schizophrenic, but that it was a gift and that was give them rest. And then when I was 16 years old, the first um, paranormal or cosmic experience was coming back in the form of a light bulb, a form of a crop circle and a light bulb. And that was very special. That was in 1996. Yes, that was very special. Then I was sitting in my sleep room and there was falling over me a presence from light, from exaltation, respect. I was feel the deepest truth that I can experience. I was feel God or the source of how you will call it. There have many names. And I was feel that they was ask me, took your bike and go outside to the nature place and to some specific streets. They call it the Palling Street. I was get my bike and I was going to that specific streets and my intention was stuck to the right and I was watching downstairs and I was see a brown little brown grass um, dumbbell form crop circle, but in the grass. Then I was jumping from my bike and was jumping over the ditch and I was walking in it and I was feel of I was coming in a sort of electro electrostatic universe that sounds spooky, but I was feel that. I was feel like when you take a balloon and you scrub it over your arms and you feel your hairs and the electrostatic energy. Oh, I was yes. feel that over my whole body. And I was feel of I was walking in a sort of living room room with lots of light around me. I was feel angels and it was feel so positive for me that I was go back to home. I was tell it and my parents was making pictures from it. And I was hearing in the past through the media about crop circles. And, and I was also knowing that some people was making for the fun crop circles in England, but that you have in England also real circles and also in the Netherlands. But I was not, and I was knowing that, you know, it's a real phenomenon that has something to do with other dimensions. Then I uh, was let it go. I was not paid too much attention to it. And I think uh, a uh, couple of months later, I was get the same restless feeling that I must go to that specific nature place and to the Palming Street. Then I was going my bike there and I was see again my intention was sucked to the right part from the fields, from the road. And I was see above the dike, there was a dike there. Uh, I was see above the dike a light bulb, I think in the shape from a football. Um, hovering there and it was making a sort of spiral, spiral, uh, moving, uh, um, yeah, uh, thing in the sky and it was go after the dike and it was disappear and I was hearing the same noise as what you're hearing when you 
uh, throw uh, French fries, cold French fries in in um, the how you say that uh, fridge? Uh, I don't know how you in the French fries you, in a hot fat fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's yes. a sort of electrostatic noise and. Then I must go with my bike on the dike, and the ball was disappeared, the light bulb, but four perfect circles was laid down there. And it just feels so gentle, so pure, so beautiful. And then on that moment when I was standing there, I was feel the world coming more. This is the begin from some big process. And later, after this crop circle, I will see, uh, discover hundreds of hundreds of crop circles now every year since 1996 um now to 2017 and it's now 2018 and the first circle from 2018 must appear but i'm have the feeling that it will be happening again and um every year sometimes nine sometimes 16 circles appear and all the time in the same way, I get a restless feeling. I must go to a specific field. Sometimes I see it in a vision and also the symbol from the circle. And uh, first I will see it lonely that a circle was forming. After this second experience with the light bulb that was disappeared behind the dike, was make the crop circles. After that experience, I will see a couple of times with my naked eyes how light bulbs was create a crop circle or a grass circle. And other people were starting to witness it with me. First, I will see it lonely, and then the farmers was say, skeptical. They were starting to be aggressive, you know, thinking, you know, Robert make them, and he's all the time the first person uh, they found the crop circles, and uh, yeah, later, so, yeah. So they would, yes. they would think it was you doing this by hand. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 But they, I was thinking, yeah, but he is only the person that found him for the first time. And then Nancy Talbot was visit me in 2001, and I was sitting. Nancy Talbot is a very respected uh, crop circle researcher. She was the direct assistant from Professor Dr. Livengood. He was doing, uh, create the famous crop circle scientific uh, test and have discovered uh, in his lab that some crop circles, they are not man-made, that um, the, the plants have uh, cells changing in the plants and in, 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 in so specific way that only microwaves can be involved, you know, that radiation can create only the cell changes in the plants. And then she was his assistant and she was hearing from me, from uh, this Dutch guy in the Netherlands and she was visiting me and I was sitting with her on the kitchen table and before she will go to sleep, she was asking me, can it not more direct that I see as a crop circle researcher, I've now visited lots of crop circles over the whole world, but I have never ever seen that they was created crop circles, that the lights was make it. Can you ask Robert, please, can you pray or they will do it for me? And I will say to her, of course I will ask it, but I know the character from the universe when we push too hard or when we try to forsaked then they don't do it right but i was nothing i was nothing expect expect nothing and then i was asked it uh, to the higher source and then she was say i go to sleep she was going upstairs i was doing my prayer 
And I was thinking, I drink something and then I go also to my bed. And then I was feel that my whole body was get electrostatic. And I was hearing that the dogs was making noise and the cows was making noise in the fields. Then I was feeling, oh my goodness, something is happening. I know animals are very strong instinct creatures. They react and I self-react. I was turn the light out, go to the window, and from the other second to the other second, the whole garden was filled with white, bright lights. And there was a bean field behind the house. And the whole bean field was light up and a big beam of light was coming out the air, bam, 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 hit the ground, and you will see the electric static, uh, you know, parts flying in the air, and then I was hearing upstairs lots of noise, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, Nancy has seen it also, and she was running downstairs, and she was saying to me, have you seen that, have you seen that, and I was saying to her, I think that that they have heard my prayer, and then she was standing by me, and the light beam was coming back, wham, wham. And in the light beam, there was a sort of spiral hit the ground, and we will see that it was hit the bean plants. Then uh, again it was coming back, and then I was telling Nancy, come, we go outside in the garden. Uh, I think that your wishes come to you have seen now that a crop circle, a bean circle, was forming. I was never ever in the past having bean circle. But then I was going outside with lanterns, with lamp, lamps, with lights. Yes. And we were standing there and we was discover a beautiful circle in the bean fields. And the other days you have to research to it. It was a beautiful circle. You can find it back in 2001, the bean circle in Hoeven. Nothing was damaged. It was very gentle lay down on the ground. When you will do that with planks or boards or with your feet, beans will explode. You will see the, the wetness, the, the, the footprints on it, and it was so gentle. It was almost the most proofful circle for Nancy uh, to do research to. It was a wonderful case for her. And uh, she have eaten beans. She uh, was not give light in the dark now, but she's still living. But uh, she was uh, having the guts to eat the beans, and she was experiencing some special energy. It was very special for her uh, to do this research. And she was having a circle where she was absolutely sure that nobody was visit him, that she can do a very neutral scientific research to it. And uh, I was very happy that other people will see it now also. And um, that was makes for me it much easier to fight the farmers and to fight skeptics. Right, that, yes. Yeah, a shared yeah. experience is very important to have. And I, I recall, exactly. yeah, I recall hearing about Nancy before. Um, when's the last time you talked to her? That's, uh, I don't know exactly when. It's a little bit long time ago. She is now uh, trying to come over her um, uh, stroke. She was having a stroke. And oh, it wow. was very sad. Yes, I didn't know that. Yes, she, was, she was get a stroke and it was um, very frustrating for her. And um, they was bring her to a hospital and they have tried to help her there. She is now almost 80, and they have tried to get her uh, better, and she cannot talk. You know, she was maybe for two days in her house, 
nobody was knowing what was going on. And then she was trying to standing up and go to some neighbor and tell them, you know, I try to tell them I need help, but she cannot talk. And then there was recognized something is wrong. Maybe she was having a stroke. And then the ambulance was coming and they was bringing her to a hospital, but she cannot tell who she was. Then after a week, they was get in contact with her brother. They was find her brother and he was coming immediately to the hospital. And then I was hearing that something was going on, but I was feeling in a distance that something was going on. And I was also tell that and we was speak with her loved ones. Can they take a look there? And then somebody was asked the owner from the apart, uh, apartment building from her, uh, where she is. And then he was telling she is in the hospital now. Um, she is now much better. Uh, she learned, mm. uh, step by step. To talk again, she oh can my talk. God. Yes, she can talk again, uh, but sometimes it's difficult for her to. She knows exactly what she will say, but it's it's coming different out her uh, mouth. But she is uh, get better, 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 and she have her talk back. You know, she can talk again, but uh, she cannot write, and uh, she have lost her writing. And that's very frustrating. Oh, yeah. She cannot talk more in the way that she was talking. And uh, Nancy is a very high intelligent uh, woman. She's, she's very uh, she's very passionate about about crop circles. Absolutely, oh, yeah. she is intelligent, and she have lots of interest in lots of things. And uh, she likes to talk, and it's really frustrating, you know, when you lost your talk, and and you have this frustration, this. Um, when people hear this, when they will do a prayer for her, and I will do this also yes. every time for her, please do it that she gets uh, healthy back, you know, that that she can do her job and that she can come back on stage. Yes, uh, we hope the best for her, uh, no doubt. Yes. And um, Robert, one of the last videos I watched from you uh, was when you displayed these alien-like tentacles that were gifted to you, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's can, an amazing experience. Yeah. Yes. Can we talk about that for a moment here? I, yes, I found course. that to be pretty remarkable. Most people who have looked at the photos, those who are skeptics, they believe it's an octopus. Yeah. Yeah, I understand it, but uh, they are um, body parts, or not body parts, that's, that sounds not so good, but they are um, arms, octopus arms, from the body, from an extraterrestrial. And when I'm lying here, God has the permission to punish me. Yeah, I, I, I'm serious about it. I know what I will see. I know that it was real. I see that the spaceship was there, that aliens was coming out it, two aliens, and that they was give me this. And I can tell you the experience, short but uh, complete, how it was going on, how it was happening. I sure. was in my house. Yes, you're welcome. I was in my house, and I was not get the same feeling what I have when a crop circle is coming there. I was get more the feeling I will go outside. I need some fresh air. And I was do that. I was go with my motorbike to Breda Airport. That's some small airfield that we have. And when I was driving with my motorbike, I was seeing a distant sort of egg-shaped yellow light, orange lights, light ball hanging there. 
first I was thinking maybe it's a plane that's coming closer, but no, my intuition was say immediately, no, it's something that that needs you. And I cannot explain how I was, no, I was noted, but it was an instantly knowing. Then I was driving with my motorbike to the field where I was thinking that the light bulb was there. And I was there and exactly the light bulb was hanging, hovering above that field there. And then I was park my, par, uh, park my uh, motorbike. Right. And I was see the light bulb st- still there. I was feel that I was get protection, that it was okay to walk in the field. I was do that. I was hearing a sort of electrostatic noise or a sort of cylinder noise. I cannot explain exactly, but a sort of... And out of the egg-shaped ball, two light bulbs was popped out. And they were starting to spinning. And then a sort of liquid light form was coming out. And it was making the form of two creatures. Two big-headed creatures with big black eyes was forming. And I was see that the tentacles was coming out the breast, out out the, the body. And they was landing, the bodies from the creatures was almost landing on the ground, but they was look like of they was levitate a little bit above. I'm not sure if they was touched the ground or they was hovering a little bit above. Um it sounds like a science fiction story, but I can tell you and God knows that it was real, and that's the most important witness, of course. I'm not lying. It's, it's, it was really happening there, and people must believe me on my blue eyes, but I, I was see it there. And then I was a little bit get anxiety, and I know I've learned from the creatures out space that one of the big lessons that people on this planet must learn is stop to discriminate. People with with a skin color of people, they look different. Don't discriminate, but make contact with the soul. That's important. And then we get the right to get contact with extraterrestrials. They look different. They smell different. Um, this I was again remember. Okay, don't be shocked about the image. I will see the tentacles. I will see this big head. I will smell seriously fish and. Um, then I was getting anxiety, you know. Uh, I know a little bit from science, you know, when creatures coming from another planet, they're coming from out another biotope. And we, when we go to another country or to Asia with an airplane, we need some shots, you know, to not get sick uh, from the viruses and the bacteria sure. that exist there. I was thinking, oh my goodness, they're coming from another biotope. Maybe I'm sick, you know, starting to be sick. And there was really physical there. It was not an astral exp- uh, apparition. And I have some bacterial anxiety. I have some phobia with bac- bacterials. Yeah. Use now. You have a germ phobia. Yeah, exactly. Right. I understand. I, uh, I was asked the source, you know, um, uh, please help me. And then I was feel that God was coming over me and that the source was tell me nothing will happening to you. Nothing bad will happening to you. You can touch it and you will not be sick. 
And I protect you and all the creatures that exist in space are created by me. And they have different uh, cultures, they have different images, they have different souls. But everything is coming out the same light that's standing above all the star constellations and solar systems. And then I was get thrust again and I was let go my anxiety. And then I was feel telepathic from one of the creatures that they will shake my hand. I was having still a little bit and the anxiety for the bacterials. I remember me now again, but I was point my hand out and then it was a very emotional moment. It was feels almost like an historical moment, histor- historical moment. The tentacle was curl around my hand from the bigger creature and it was feels so pure so deep and sweet so you weren't scared at all yes but it was feels so good and so sweet on that moment and so it was feels like oh you have meet uh a baby pussycat you know the sweetness from a baby pussycat from a kitten but also from some high very high powerful master it was a very strange combination what i was feel and I was feel myself so safe. I was feel this creatures was accept me total who I am. All my true colors, they accepted. And that was the solution on the planet where they live, that they have no war more, that they are adults, that they are growing up, that they have a new psychological, spiritual, collective consciousness. And that consciousness must come also on this planet. And then we are ready to be part of the big universal family that we can travel also self to other star constellations and other solar systems and planets where life is. But this is a, this is a first step. And I was feeling on that moment that the source, the light was used again as a bridge to prepare people for extraterrestrial contact. And... Then I was feel that the moment from goodbye was coming and it was also very emotional and I feel myself very lonely on this planet, but I was feel I will go with them. I will go with them. I will go with them in the spaceship and let everything behind me. But I was feel no, it's your job to bring this to the public. And then I was feel that the goodbye was coming and then they were say to me in my head, I was not hearing it. It was also not a voice, but it was an instantly knowing. We will give you something from us. And I was expect in my human mind, in my human, human mind, that it is maybe a stone or something. Right. Yeah, but then there was levitate again from the ground. I remember it was one little creature and one bigger creature. And it was coming the same liquid. It's not really liquid, but a sort of plasma form from white light around it. Then there was, it was looked like of, of, there was something going very, very fast spinning around the bodies from the creatures. And then they was levitating more up to the egg shape. And then I was hearing tap, 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 tap on the ground. And I was see. I was shocked on that moment. I see it again in my mind now. I will see that the tentacles, the, the tentacles, the, the, the octopus arms 
was dropped on the ground. And I was saying in my head, is everything go okay with the dematerialization? Uh, are you not wounded now? Wounded, wounded. I was getting the message, no, don't make yourself sorrows. This is what we will give you. We will give you some physical evidence that extraterrestrials exist. Don't make yourself sorrows. Everything will go, come good. And the, 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 the tentacles will grow back on his body. And then the light was, light bulbs was spinning faster around the bodies. And then there was transformate into light bulbs again and shooting in the egg-shaped ball. And then the egg-shaped ball was not fly away, but was look like when you turn a television screen out, it was in a flash right. disappear. And then on the ground with a little uh, lamp, I was shining from my uh, uh, mobile phone on the ground and I was found the arms and I was... Uh, remember me that I, that I have in my motorbike a plastic uh, packet and I was trying to get them all from the ground and do them in the plastic packet. Um, then I was asking my head, I hope that I have them all now. And I was getting my head, yes, you have them all now. And then I was bringing it to home. The first thing that I was thinking on that moment when I was in my home was get some plastic, uh, black plastic, do it on the ground and uh, make pictures from it. I was not knowing how this uh, extraterrestrial uh, body parts will react to this temperature here, to the bacterials here. The first thing that I was thinking, I must make quick pictures uh, that they not melt or something, or I don't know how they will react here. Right, and those photos, by the way, are on, on your website. Uh, and exactly. there's also a video of this so people could see for themselves. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, that's very good that you say that. Thank you so much. Yes. I was afraid uh, then that I was uh, disappeared as I was make pictures quick from it. And then the first thing that was coming up in my mind was, yeah, it's maybe the best to fries them, you know, to do them in the freezer. And uh, sure. then I was... Um, do them in different plastic packets separate from each other and bring them in the freezer. And the other day I have bring them to other people on different secret places that when somebody or when somebody from the government will broke in my house and steal them, that they have not all of them, but that they are on separate places. And uh, now I have made this film and I ask scientific research again Please, will you do research? Will you do testing the DNA or the bacterials on it or some uh, elements in it that you can prove that it is extraterrestrial? I have asked scientists in the Netherlands. They don't take it serious. They think that I'm a fruitcake, that I am charlatan. That you're making attention. Yes. Yeah, that I'm an intention sucker, that I make it up, and I don't know why. I will pay my money for it. Serious, I will pay the money for the research, and I don't know why you will make this up. You know, this is it when you will make some good story up from extraterrestrials, you will not decide to tell them that you have found tentacles. You know, that's so fantasy like that people think that you know it's not smart to do that, but the problem is, this is real, it's real, they are they are 
existing in the universe extraterrestrials with tentacles and I have seen them and it's it sounds fan, fan, fantastic or in a fantasy way but it's real they are there if, if I can just interlude guys yeah, go, uh, go ahead. in London go ahead um it, it was funny because I was reading on tube one day I was on on the, on the subway in London and there's a free magazine that goes out called the metro and I picked it up off the seat and I was reading it. And I come across this story of uh, a man that had found these tentacles that was given to him by this alien or these aliens. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was a sort of fascinating story. I never for one second put two and two together that it was the same guy, Robert Vandenbroek, that ah. I'd seen with <laughs> Nancy yes. Talbot talking about crop circles. Um, so w- when I sort of like heard from Robert that, that this was a scenario that had happened and it was him, well, I just jumped on it and I just said, look, we've got to get it investigated. You've got to get it refilmed. Um, you've got to get it out there and you've got to get real researchers on it. So from the community of people that I've been able to as a co-host interview, um, I've sort of reached out to these people, uh, people like, um, Linda Moulton Howe, um, I'm trying to get hold of Emery Smith, uh, who's renowned for doing DNA tests on alien samples. Um, apparently he's done 10,000, but I've reached out to him through, uh, different means and I'm waiting to get a reply back. But to be honest with you, in, in the week nearly that we've had this video out or Robert's had this video out, um, we haven't had any serious takers from any researchers contact Robert whatsoever. Uh, we've got a lot of followers and YouTube followers and Facebook followers that are reaching out and giving, you know, ideas on who to possibly contact. But they generally lead back to the same sort of phenomenon of people um, that, again, unfortunately, haven't even bothered to reach out to Robert. So, uh, again, just a call for anyone who's in the field of uh, ufology or in the field of DNA sampling, um, please uh, take up Robert's plight and at least investigate because what he says is that this will prove that there are UFOs and aliens and DNA um, that's associated to uh, to these aliens that he says will give some benefit to humanity, not just to disclose that they're aliens, but there are aliens, but to give something from the properties of this to humanity. So, again, please take up Robert's plight, and uh, if you've got the time of day, try and research it, um, even if it's just a different form of octopus research, you know, Something like that that would, you know, stop you getting into trouble or feeling sort of uh, ridiculed. Um, but I do applaud to you to, to take this up. It's not a joke. He's not a fake or a charlatan. Um, and I give my word on it. You know, Johnny Webb, I don't have uh, any background in, in, in any of this work. But, um, you know, in my five and a half months of working with Robert, um, I don't find him to be a charlatan or a fake at all. You know, he's a very straight and forthcoming person. So... Uh, Again, back to you, Michael and Robert. Yes, and I saw the illustration of um, what Robert saw with, with these aliens. And, again, I, I kind of find it difficult to believe that you weren't at all afraid of these beings, Robert. I, I definitely would have. I'm more afraid from humans than these creatures. Yes, <laughs> and I, I'm serious. You're probably, you can... yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, Another thing that I wanted to chuck in there was that I remembered that the Pope's uh, Vatican worker who worked on the telescope out in Arizona, the Lucifer telescope. Lucifer, correct. Yeah, um, and he said he made a statement back in 2010 and again in 2014 in The Guardian in London, and he he said that uh, if, if, if there are tentacled aliens and they have souls, 
then the Pope is prepared to baptise them. And that always stuck in my mind. It was almost like a disclosure there, you know. I remember the the famous Monsignor, or I forgot his name, but he was a, um, an Italian um, Vatican member. And back in the sort of 90s, early 2000s, he came on Italian television talking about aliens and possible tentacled aliens, and the Vatican knew about it. So I don't really felt there was disclosure there. But... um I believe that this work that Robert's doing and, and you know, what's befallen on him, uh, I still feel it's connected to disclosure. And for me, I'm I'm interested to find out the results of it. Uh, me too. Yeah, me you. too. Me and too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Robert. And you're not asking for money. You, you definitely want to get this DNA tested and put an end yeah. to this, right? Yes, it's, 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 it's absolutely true. I will, I will give all my money uh, for it to, to let them do research and I'm sure that there will something special coming out that it is not from this world. And uh, I'm in the position, and I'm, I'm serious about it, to 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 uh, to starting to be rich with money. It's absolutely uh, when I was a, a money maker, I can get a lots of money. I have a lots of followers. I was having uh, my practice for 15 years. Uh, when I was asked them uh, lots of money, I can be very rich. But money is not my interest. Really not. And God know that and the people know that. I'm working f- almost 15 years in my practice for free, not asking people money. And it was very difficult for me to ask them money. Uh, I, it, it, it is, it, I, I have not interest in money. I live very sober in a very little house, really little. It's almost an... Uh, and shoe cabinet it's it's very little and i live sober and money is not having my 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 interest really not it's how more interest people get in money how more they go from the source and some people have lots of money and they are good uh close by the source also and they do good things with the money that's also but not a lot of people can deal good with material things and with money we must learn that uh we must rich in the mind you know a rich how you how you call that uh not uh um, rich in knowledge yeah, 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 yes. exactly. And uh, but uh, money is not uh, having uh, my interest. Uh, I will open the eyes from people, and I don't need money for it. I will only that some researchers take it serious. And uh, I think that um, researchers they will not research to it. They it's also a missing chance for them. It's it's very interesting. When I know that it is extraterrestrial, what I know, what I have seen, as I will say, take your chance. Right, and how how long ago was this, by the way, Robert, when these extraterrestrials appeared to you? 2015. Ah, okay. It's three years ago, Mm -hmm. now, three years ago. And, Robert, what about your parents? What do they (laughs) think now about all of these things, these experiences you've had over the years um, how do they feel about all, all of these things now? They know uh, for 100% sure that it is real. Uh, they have seen self, the lights around the house. They have seen apparitions from creatures also in the house and around the house. They have seen GFOs. My uh, youngest sister, they will see, uh, she will see also uh, many times creatures in the house, sometimes around her bed. And um, she was also see the lights. The whole family 
have see it now. They, that's, for them, it's... Yeah, that's good. Now they don't think you're crazy or anything like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm be very thankful for the other world that they have helped me uh, with it, but also neighbors. They see it, but also people, they get friendships with me. They're starting to experience these things also. Very nice. And going yeah. back to what I had originally said very early uh, on in the interview when I had mentioned to you that I was quite skeptical of these photographs you have uh, taken, and that's basically yeah. what incited my uh, first uh, interest to uh, speak to you here on this program. And one of the first photographs I had uh, seen was the extraterrestrial photo um, that's very ghostly looking, very, very scary, very odd. And yeah. I just have no answer whatsoever uh, about what these these images being just magically showing up on, on, on your digital camera here. I have no answer yeah, for it. Yeah, I've tried yeah. my best. I, I've even sent, uh, I didn't send, send the photos. I just sent the link to a friend of mine who is a professional photographer and even he was a bit stunned. Yeah. 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 I understand that. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, very difficult to uh, to to explain it. It's, you you cannot explain it with your mind. It's, it's something that's worked through other dimensions. Uh, they have do a lots of research to my uh, photo uh, genetic uh, gift. Uh, I have discovered it for the first time in 2004 that I get uh, faces on the picture. I get. Uh, uh, images from creatures from dead people and lots of people was try to test me and there was bring the photo camera and then I was make pictures and then the newspaper was coming there was test me will you do it on my camera and then um, dead relatives was coming on the picture or um, creatures was coming on the picture but uh, also a TV program uh, from SBS6 in the Netherlands, famous the program was that uh, they was coming with a uh, photo expert and uh, he was saying, I will prove that Robert is fake. And I was saying, it's okay, uh, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your opportunity after when I've made pictures. Then I was making pictures with this camera, he was standing by it and also creatures was appear on it. And he was saying the program, you know, I've seen now with my naked eyes, I believe him. And then Dan Drayson, um, he have made a documentary calling Ur, uh, is the name. And it's about, it's about, um, uh, communication with other dimensions, uh, uh in different ways, uh, through EVP, but also through pictures and that sort of things. And he was decided to test me uh, for the camera with the camera crew come to me and uh, test me under scientific strict laws, you know, strict conditions. And uh, he was do that and filming everything. He was here for two weeks to, to work with me. And um, uh, he have test me with his camera uh give the camera standing by it you know do the card in it he he was doing everything filming the lens filming my my backside you know and 
he was also proving that it is real. You know, uh, Frederick Jurgensen was appear on the camera. He was having some connection with this uh, uh, founder from the EVP. That wasn't that was an uh, actor in the past. Uh, I think uh, in Germany or in Sweden or Germany, Germany. Yeah, he was a Swedish, if I could interrupt there, Robert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was a Swedish uh, actor from the sort of 30s and 40s, and in his retirement, he started to work on white noise and EVPs. And so um, the gentleman, Dan Drayson, who came to visit uh, from the the Paranormal Society, I think he was from, um, he'd actually done his major or thesis, he studied himself on on this particular Frederick Jurgensen fella. So for him to come into the pictures whilst he was actually doing his experiments on Robert and studies uh, was, was outstanding. And I think that's, for me, was really where I first heard about Robert and these photograph sides on an English side. You know, a lot of his work was in in, in Dutch, uh, in Netherlands. But but now it, it's sort of being narrated, and you can see a lot of these Dutch shows of Robert um, and his experiences being translated to English. So very fascinating stuff. And all of these people uh, have all initially come out to try and prove Robert wrong and have come away, you know, in belief of what, what he's actually doing. Have you met Robert, by the way, Johnny? Never met him in, in, in the flesh, but uh, we speak and Skype um, on most days, and I've had quite a, you know, I've met, I've met Robert, not just the, the glamour side of Robert and, you know, their sort of initial shock and awe side, but you get to meet him as a real person, and, uh, you know, he's a sweet guy. He's a lovely gentleman. Um, he's very sincere. Uh he has highs and lows like anyone. He, you know, he gets pissed off and upset. Um, unfortunately, in, in the past, uh, where he's on his own, he doesn't have an agent or anything like that. He works alone. Um, he has reached out and, 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 you know, got upset to people on Skype um, that have come on and, and just abused him or whatever or made their accusations. And I've sort of told him, look, you've got to stay cool and, and hold yourself back. Uh, don't rise up to these people. Um, but, but, you know, as I say, for me, I believe Robert. You know, I've got I've got a sincere belief in him. I am intending very soon to to visit Robert. Um, if we get no feedback from any real scientific scientific positions, um, I do have a sort of second uh, reserve, which is a friend of mine who lives out in Dusseldorf, and he says that uh, he knows someone at the university that could possibly look at his work in April when they return. So, you know, if we get something before then, so so be it, and, and all very good. But uh, if not, I do have someone that will test it for him. Um, but that's not until April. But, um, you know, I, I believe Robert. I believe the work. I've seen his work. I've seen – I've spoken to people that, that have, uh, you know, had experiences with Robert, and I've introduced people to Robert, uh, and they've had their experiences you know, and they're not uh, friends of Robert or know him before. They're, they're some they're people I know, and they've all come back and said, "Yeah, he's very he's very real. He's spot on." Um, one example was was um, a radio show host called um, Robert um, Morningstar. He he'd invited Robert onto the show, and so he'd had a, a warm up conversation with Robert before he came on. And uh, Robert Morningstar is a former military guy. Um, very, very sort of astute person, and uh, he grilled him a bit, and uh, he, he came away and he said, yeah, this guy's real. And then after the show, he had another chat with him, and Robert Vandenbroek then told Robert Morningstar his, his mother's name, which was not one of the first names that would come about, and uh, a bit of personal and private detail to him that 
touched him. And he said to me, John, you know, he's a very sincere, this guy's very real, you know. And I knew that anyway, but, but I was, I was reassured from, from Robert Morningstar and I was very happy with that. Um, so, I, you know, I, I put myself out on a limb, not because like, um, you know, I'm a sort of gullible person, but because I believe there's something to this, you know. And as I say, Robert originally reached out to me and said, look, I'm getting called a charlatan at home and I don't think I'm getting treated well by this. I wondered if you could help and put me out with your friends and your shows. And so I said, yeah, I'd be honored to. Very nice. Yes, Thank I, you, I, uh, John, oh, for your uh, warm words. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, also the readings, when I give readings to people, that's many times very proofful. Uh, and and the, the part is what proofful is that, that I know things from people that I cannot know. And also uh, with Robert Morningstar, I was see also that uh, that he was having the shells collection from his mother and that was true. He was hefted and nobody was know that. And skeptics say, you know, Robert, take his information, I think, from the Internet. But this sort of things, I'm sure that what I was tell Robert Morningstar, you cannot find that on the uh, on the Internet. I see. That's also, right. Uh, and then the other things, people say, oh, well, he's photoshopped it from Google Images. But th the problem is, is these images, you know, a majority of them, they're nothing to do with, with being online. They're not online. They're in people's own personal homes and collections. Um, and I did put this to Robert. I said, you know, people say that you've taken this information from Google Images and then you've just manipulated them. And he says, well, how can I take images, say, for instance, um, one example, I don't know if he used it or whether I used it, but it was um, Neil, Neil Armstrong, you know, uh, the former astronaut that had passed on. And in his later life, um, Robert's got a photograph of him, very clear, you know, made live on a live video. So you can see the video as it's appearing and, and happening that it appears. And so these photographs, it's not to say that they're not a real photograph. What Robert says to me is they, these are photographs from an Akashic record. These, these images, everything is already in this system called Akashic records. And so I remember someone saying to me, you know what, there's nothing new, John. Everything's already been done, you know. Everything's already happened. All the music, there's nothing new in anything. And it made me think, you know, because possibly this Akashic record system is real. Everything's already been there. All he's accessing is them records. And that's what I understood from Robert, um, from his explanation to me about how he has access to images. It's not through Facebook. It's not through, you know, Google or this, because these images aren't in the public domain. Certain photographs, without a doubt, are not in public domain, but he does have access to them. And for that, I only put that down to some sort of phenomenon for myself. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny, for your uh, good explanation. Thank you so much. Your English is better, and you are an Englishman, and I'm a Dutch guy, and yeah, I, sometimes my English is not so good, but uh, I hope that the listeners understand what I mean, and that Michael uh, knows what I mean. Oh yeah, everyone's understanding. Thank you. Yeah, everyone <laughs> understands. And we talked personally before, uh, Robert, we talked about different things, uh, different personal things. And I, exactly. I did yes, and I didn't feel that you were all or that you were at all dis, uh, disingenuous. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it seemed like you're you're a pretty genuine uh, individual, Robert. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I have the same feeling by you and also by John. And I'm very happy that, um, yeah, that he was having also the personal uh, contact. And, uh, yeah, lots of people know me as a medium. But, uh, yeah, I'm a transport for uh, other dimensions. But I'm also a normal human with uh, uh, tears and sometimes with a laugh. And, yeah, I'm a normal human also with the same emotions and struggles that other people have. Because it's, uh, uh, it makes sometimes very lonely and sometimes also lonely that some people will uh, just, uh, how you say, that judge me when they discover that I'm also a normal human with human wishes and with human pain and frustration. But that's normal. That's normal. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, kind of what we had talked about. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'll tell, yeah. I'll tell you again, there always will be those out there who, uh, will be against you. I'm not very likable at times and I don't even like myself sometimes. And that's normal, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's normal. That's normal. We are all, uh, on this planet go through the darkness to the lights and we are, uh, we are learn every day. I'm also learning every day. I'm still learning. And it's wonderful that, yeah, that you see that the mystery from the universe is so big that every oh, yes. day you have the opportunity to learn and to be on Mother Earth. Mother Earth. And uh, we must learn to don't destroy her, but be good for her and for each other. And, yeah, how, how more sensitive uh, you are or we are, uh, how dif more difficult it is to live and how m more disappointed Sometimes you can be, or I can be, uh, frustration. It's normal. It's, uh, also when you read the Bible, Jesus was having one day that he was, uh, you know, smash the temple kaput and that he was get also his frustration. And, uh, also you can hear also in the lots of holy, um, um, um stories that for God, nothing Human is him strange. I don't know how we must translate that, but uh, nothing is strange for him. He know all the parts of the human uh, life, and um, we are all uh, uh, must learn to listen to each other and give each other the chance to show every color from your personality. And when we accept that, and when I think also that the power that's working through me will bring people to themselves that they can be really the person who they are. Yeah, I think that that's very important that we get that we will come there and then we can be a total prisma from a beautiful rainbow. Yeah. Very well said. And uh, early on in the program, I had mentioned that you are a controversial figure. Uh, the media in Holland hasn't really taken to... Uh, hasn't been very positive in other words you faced a quite a bit of uh harassment if i remember correctly yeah yeah <laughs> does does this still go on it seems like there's lots of people out there who definitely go out of their way to try to slander you there robert yeah in the in the in the media i was first having a television program on rtl rtl4 
It was a famous canal in the in the Netherlands, and they was asking you, I will do some programs there to show people that there's really more between heaven and earth. That was very positive. Also, the people that was working with me, then they know that I'm real, and they still give this explanation to uh, to the media. But some skeptics from the skeptics organization was say that uh, it cannot be real, that it is so, uh, that it was so proofful that was happening there, that it must be a trick. But we know it's not a trick, and but they ignore all the proofs that they are there. Uh, I, in the same program that I was having on this uh, RTL4 canal, uh, I was found a man back that was missing. Uh, for 14, 14, and uh, no, 40 years. And, uh, I, her, his daughter was asking me, or oh, I will concentrate on him. And I was only knowing that I must give her a reading and that she will have contact with, uh, that she don't know where her father is. And I was get a message that he is living close by Paris, that he is uh, having an antique shop and that he is still living. And, uh, that he is living on a canal and they was found him in two weeks after the reading back. And, um, that's all, that was also on television. The skeptics are quiet about that. They, they know that it's real and they, they have no explanation for it and they don't, uh, talk about it. But from another reading that I was given, they was say, I was see really in my head an archive that was an history archive from a past life that was, that somebody was living. And, uh, that archive was exists, uh, by, uh, the government. This, that was a proof that, uh, that person was the reincarnation from the person from the archive, in the archive. And the skeptics were saying, mm, Robert was use internet to find that archive. And that's so, yeah, simplistic explanation. Of course, I was not do that, but there are more proofs that it is real then they are proofs that it is not real. And I have learned now I must focus myself on the positive things, on the message that I have, and not um, give attention to the negativity and to the pessimistic parts from skeptics. They they will not believe that there is some God consciousness of life after the death that will create pessimistic uh, ideas by people and uh, threw all the colors out of life from people and I will not support that. Uh, no, I'm, I have another message and um, the media is now not so uh, aggressive more to me in the Netherlands. They uh, There are lots of people in that world, they know that I'm real, but I'm now more uh, bring my message in the media in other countries where people more open for it. The Netherlands, I will say that is not the right country to uh, where you must work as a medium in the media. Uh, the Netherlands, the media in the Netherlands have to the moment, to on this day, destroy all the mediums that was uh, working publicly. All the mediums. Yeah, you was having a medium from America. Her name was uh, Shar Margolis. She was having uh, a program, uh, nine years program on on the same canal where I was. The skeptic organization have made her kaput. The, they have so-called unmasked her, and her TV carrier uh, was also uh, kaput. She was having medium Yomanda. They have made her also kaput. She's also disappear. And um, then you was having me. 
they have me making also kaput. And when you watch to America, you was having in the past Sylvia Brown there, you have James Van Prague there, John Edward, and they still, they are, you know, John Edwards and James Van Prague, they are still on air now. And they, you see that the culture in America is, is more open for the supernatural. Right. And yeah, that's, that gives me a warm feeling to talk here. And then I have a feeling that people really listen in and that they learn something from it. Yeah. Very nice. And I yeah. expect much of this controversy came about from the Natalie Holloway uh, case. I thought, yes, I yes. thought we could talk a little bit about that because that's also something that's very fascinating. That story is pretty wild, and that's the one with uh, Vandersloot, correct? Exactly. That uh, is an, exactly the name from uh, the guy that's now in prison right. in uh, on Peru. Yeah. Joran Vandersloot is. I think that's his name. Exactly. That's okay. exactly correct. Yeah. Now, how? Uh, where do we even begin with this one? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good question. It's a long story. Uh, I can. Um, it's beginning with uh, I think 2014. Uh, that was a moment yeah. that uh, I was um, um, a peer that my uh, uh, spirit body was appear uh, by Joram van der Sloot uh, in his jail. And lots of people see me. Uh, I'm working in this world, but I'm working also between heaven and earth and from out heaven to help people in a distance. And sometimes uh, I'm an astral traveler, and uh, lots of people have seen me. You can see that also on the Internet that people tell how they was experienced. Sometimes I'm sitting in a car by somebody and that person see me then and I guide them people. Just don't be afraid when you see me in your house. Don't get your, uh, how you call that? Um, um, you um, uh, don't be afraid that I have broke in your house. I'm just an astral apparition then uh, and I've been there for help for you, to give you uh, help and positive energy. But Joran, I was remember myself that I was sitting on the sofa in my house and that uh, from the one moment to the other moment, I was see a sort of tunnel. And in the tunnel, I was see a sort of hole, a sort of clouds that was disappear. And I was see very clear. I see it now again for me. I remember me, it's very clear. I was see that Joran... Joran Vandersloot was sitting on his bed and in his jail in Peru. And I was say to him, Joran, Joran, can you hear me? And he was watching up and I was see that he was say, yes, 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 I see you and I hear you. And then I was see that through my uh, heart parts, by my, by my heart, from out my soul, from out my feeling, uh, he was get a sort of regression that he was see and feel uh, how he was hurt, the feelings from other people, how he was f- lost the love from himself. Um, and, and I was feel a lot of forgiveness to him and learn, uh, get, um, there was a, come a lot of love through me, through his soul to give him healing that he remember that he is also a child from God, a child from the universe, come back and come back come back by himself and lost 
this aggressive survive part in him and come back by his uh, rest in his soul, by the quietness and feel unconditional love, what unconditional love is. And for the first time he was meet God, he was meet the love. I must feel that very strong on that moment. Then I was tell him uh, on that moment, Joram, can you make up some word, some word that it is proofful that maybe your lawyer or somebody else can check that it was real what I was experiencing on this moment or what you was experiencing on this moment, that it was not an hallucination. And I was asking him to think, uh, to, to, to make a coat, to, to, to make up a coat. And then I was see that he was thinking and then he was say white horse. I would say, okay, that's okay. I will leave you now. I was feel that I was sucked back in my body and I was see him sitting. I, I remember it now. Yeah. I see him again. Yeah. How, how it was. Yeah. I was see his tears and I was feel his loneliness and you know, and I was sucked back in my body and the vision was disappear. I think a week or two weeks later, I was get a um, message an email from his lawyer and uh, he was asked me, um, he was tell me that Joran was seeing apparition in his jail from a man that uh, was tell him that he is Robert Vanderbroek, that he is a medium from the Netherlands and that he was feeling lots of love and that they have decided with each other to uh, make a code and the lawyer was asking or I was know the code and uh, first Joran was tell his lawyer that he was thinking that I was a dead person and that I, that I was a medium from the history and that maybe his lawyer can find out if I was exist in the past but his lawyer was find out that I was still living. But Joram was think that when I was appear as a spirit for him. Then his lawyer was asking me the code and I was thinking, oh my goodness, when that's white horse, then we know both that it was real. As I was saying, was it white horse? And he was saying to me that he was not having the permission before to tell it me. He must ask me from Joram to prove that I was knowing the code. And as I was asking him, uh, as I was telling him, I was get white horse. Uh, we was decide white horse. And the lawyer was say, I get goosebumps. It's, that's what Joran was telling me. And then we both was knowing that it was real. And, um, Joran have given an explanation in a uh, documentary and in, in a YouTube clip. And yeah, exactly on the Mexican television that he was having this experience. And that shows people that the mind uh, is bigger than it's not sucked only in your brain. We are much larger than we think. And that's uh, and that shows unconditional love, how important it is. You know, we that was the begin from the contact with Joram. Of course, it's very terrible what he have done. Very and, terrible, uh, right? Very terrible, and um, the the problem is that um, we must learn on this planet to fight with love. But it's very difficult when you are a victim. You must come on the point that you can forgive, but that's not easy. It's 
it's a hell of a job. It's it's terrible. It's very difficult. I understand that, but um, it's the same when Jesus was on the cross and he was say, "Father, please forgive them." It's 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 difficult, but it's the only way that we can grow. But terrible what you have done. Yeah. Can I just inter- inter- go ahead, Johnny? Inter- I no want to say because. I always thought about that, you know, and and I used to wonder. And so I had the feeling that when I did research on death and and passing over and and, uh, the soul and and learning, you know, life experiences and things, um, I I read this book called Journey of Souls, and it, it was basically a bereavement book. But it gave closure to a lot of people and, and a lot of readers that read it, including himself. And at that point, I wasn't even in bereavement. Um, but what it sort of stemmed was, was that in, in the human being, we have a soul. Um, and that, that soul is, is journeyed here and used in the body as a vessel or the vessel as the body is the vessel. That's correct. That soul yeah. actually doesn't reside here. Although we're here for that short time, you know, 85, 100 years, 120 at the most sort of. But while we're here, it's we're we're on a mission. Um, it says in this book, and it explains that there's a group of soulmates, and they reside like a bunch of grapes. He says, if and and the Akashic records talk about our souls like a sort of group of soulmates, as well as bunches of grapes, is my understanding. And that's Nassim Harriman. I've had a few chats with him, and he knows quite a lot about the Akashic records. But um, just to sort of bring it back to what we're talking about, these soul groups and soulmates, when they're given a mission to come into the physical body and come and experience on earth life, the soul mission chooses soulmates to, in some instances, maybe choose their parents who will choose to be their soulmates and parents in a life. They may choose those parents. They may choose someone who's going to be horrifically disgusting and nasty and the worst everything that could ever happen to them on the earth. But they chose a soulmate who knew that task, who would be that person to do that to them. But the the understanding that I'm getting from it all is that we're not here to judge and who are we to cast the first stone, Jesus says. And I think it comes from that meaning, from my understanding, is that because the soul is here on a mission, uniquely for each soul, but other soulmates coming in and participating. What happens is, is that I think in some cases that the, the soul um, who's here on the earth in the bereavement and grief and the learning to forgive scenario um, wants to hate and wants to, you know, feel never to forgive, especially in this case of, say, child murder and your children um, being, you know, taken. How does one forgive the, the killer? But my understanding is, is, Hard to believe it or not, I believe the soul that done that act or causes these destructive, terrible incidents in our life experience that causes us to change or act different or some scenario change of path or whatever is is brought about prior to coming to the earth is my soul belief that that that's why we don't judge others, even though, yes, they've destroyed something of our lives or our lives included. Um, that's just my own personal understanding, and I hope that sort of gives an insight to to what's going on. I think. Yes. And yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's 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 true. Souls make also sometimes, uh, yeah, and a sort of uh, how you say that um, uh, agreement with each other. You know, from we will experience 
the same thing now, and it's very difficult to ex- ex- um, to understand it in this moment, in this life. But when you are back by the soul in the other dimension and you watch back to the life, then you understand it better. But uh, don't just other people. Yeah, that's very important. That's very important. And send the negativity, love, and that can transformate it also in love. But it's very difficult when we are emotion creatures, and we can go high in emotion. And that's uh, that's that's I understand that, of course. But uh, Joran, uh, yeah, that was the first experience with Joran van der Sloot in his uh, presence. And later I um, was get very strong, very strong, uh, the spirit from Natalie Holloway around me. See, I was feel her pressure. I was feel her love, but also her need that somebody can hear her. And I was feel so strong that she was tell me, Let's do research to St. Anna Cemetery on Aruba. I'm in a grave there. They have bring me in a grave. They have bring my body in a grave. They have buried me first when I was dying in the night. They have buried me on some place. And then they have bring me when Joran was in jail and other criminals was walking outside. They were so afraid that the police will broke Joran. Uh, uh, that he tells the truth where her body was, when he was there, when they was buried, Natalie, in the night that she was dead. Then they have decided to bring, to, uh, to, uh, uh, take her out the ground there and bring her to the St. Anna cemetery and uh, bring her body there in a grave that already exists. And that's very sneaky, of course, and very smart. And the police will not do quick research on the cemetery. Not so many people expect that there is the body. Uh, lots of people expect that she is in the ocean, that they have bring her in the ocean. That's uh, yes. terrible to think, uh, think on it. Sorry for the details, but... Um, they have do a lot of research. It's very frustrating. I think that the parents have lost trust, uh, in, 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 uh, founding her. And it's, it's of course, uh, understandable. It's, it's, it's very difficult, these cases. But I was get very strong that her body is there. And I was get also the number 15, grave number 15. And I was get, uh, and when I was get number 15, I was Is that tell, 50 or 15? Uh, 15. 15. Yeah, yeah. And I was, uh, not make that public. And then I was get an email from a uh, girl. Uh, she live a village nearby my village. And she was say out of the blue that she was get all time visions from the St. Anna Cemetery and from grave number 15. And uh, that was exactly the same that I was see. And I can prove that. When you when you will that, I can prove that. And she can tell it also. That was for me, again, um, an, an, a connection that I was no, I'm on the right path, pathway. Something is going on. Natalie will, that they will take a look there. Um, I have talked with the police. I have uh, talked with the authorities on the island. And the problem is they don't take it serious. Oh, and I see. 
that's very painful. And they say then we don't work with psychics again. When they many times um, they give wrong information. And it will not help. And, you know, it costs money when they will open it. And then uh, a man from the Netherlands, uh, a famous uh, person in the Netherlands, he, uh, he is doing a lot with neuro-linguistic programmation with NLP. And he was see my uh, message about Natalie and he was tell ask me, will you fly with me to uh, Aruba? that we try to get the police ready that they will open the grave. And then a couple of weeks after, when uh, he was asked me, or we will do that, he was telling me that he uh, uh, is afraid to travel, one that is almost sure that it will cost so lots of time before um the high uh, elites uh, will decide to open the grave that maybe we are must wait years before they decide we will open uh, the graves. And then he will say, yeah, when you will know it for sure, then we must open the grave self. And yeah, then you go to jail and, you know, you have not the right to open a grave uh, yourself. And then, uh, yeah, I have decided I must wait. And I have right now a letter um, to uh, make a letter for um, uh, the police authorities uh, that going over the cases from Natalie Holloway. And then I hope that they will do something uh, with it. Uh, I hope that they um, will take it seriously and that they will give it a try. The, the graves are above the ground, not in the ground, but above the ground. They are sort of uh, stone cabinets where the caskets uh, in, in, you can, they are in it. I, uh, I hope that they will open it. And yeah, they will take a look, or they will go with a sort of sonar um, machine it, scan it. I, I remember Robert, you said something about um, there's a certain color associated to these boxes as well. Do do you remember? Yeah, sometimes it's white, sometimes it's a little bit um, orange, pink, a little bit. I have pictures from it. I have also uh, pictures from the grave where I think that he is. Somebody is uh, was visit. Uh, the cemetery with a camera, uh, somebody that's living there, and I filmed all the graves, and I was see one grave uh, with one five, and there was an, um, how you say that, and uh, that it is a little bit kaput, uh, a little, uh, yeah, I don't know how I must say it, but you will see that uh, that it, um, the stone was not so beautiful, more. It was not kaput, but there was an uh, a little line in it, and that was see. I will see that also in the vision. Yeah, my hope is that somebody will take it serious. Robert, if uh. if um, just by chance Natalie's parents were listening to this show and they were hearing what you were saying, what yeah. would you tell them? I will tell them that uh, I, I understand and I have all the um, uh, the understanding that it is very difficult for them to still believe that they will found her. Joran and other people will tell so many lies. And I'm sure that also lots of psychics have said uh, that they was thinking that she is somewhere. But I will ask them, please take it seriously. Please ask 
um, the police in um, in on Aruba, or they will take a look, or please make contact with me, and maybe we can watch of this. Uh, we can try of it is working that the police will open the grave. I would try only to help people. I really try only to help people. I don't need money. I don't. I will do this for free. And you know, when we not try, we will not. We are sure that we come not further. And um, I hope and I pray for them that they get rest in life and that they can give um, her daughter. A serious grave, a serious monument for her that they can uh, burn a candle there, that they can give her the recognition that she deserves. Um, I think that it's very important also for uh, for the parents to process this. And um, I think that it is for the soul from Natalie very good, but also for the parents and the family uh, very important. Not only for them, but also for a lot of parents. This is a famous case, but you have very, lots of... Very famous yeah, case, right. Very famous game, cases, but you have lots of people, they have lost a child, and they don't know where the child is, where the body is. That's ah, That makes people, you know, sick. It makes yes. me sick on my stomach that you think that you go to your bed, and that you're watching to the stars through the window, and that you think, where is my daughter? I... Is he living? Is he is he somewhere, or is he dead? And you don't know nothing. And also for the spirit on the other side, then that cannot tell, mom, mom, I'm good, I'm good. They they don't get it. There is no. Oh, it's oh. it's awful. It's awful. It's really awful. And and well, God, I pray in the name yes. of Jesus Christ that the that the family find peace and closure, and that if this is the work of you, Lord Jesus, that that you can help them in in your name, Amen. Exactly, and uh, amen, amen, yes. yes. Right, right, and, and Johnny, how do you feel about all of this, by the way? Are you as skeptical as I am, or how do you feel? Well, I'm open-minded and open-hearted. You know, people say that we're, we're governed by politicians and people by our hearts and minds, but I think the true essence is that I, I listen to my spirit and my soul and my, my, my thoughts that come in my head as a sort of second voice of myself. Um, and it sort of gives me a sort of inner guidance um, for a personal level. Um, so I'm able to hear information, uh, put myself sometimes in the shoes of that person that's saying it, and sort of take on the, the, the information story as they're feeling it. I sort of feel what they're feeling in a sense rather than what they're saying. Um, but in regards to Robert, that's been a case for me where I've listened intensely to the things he said. Now, my personal take on life is I'm a Christian, you know. Um, my mum was a born-again Christian. Right. Uh, she came She came about from being a young girl and uh, having a, a, a partner that worked, my dad, uh, her husband. And so she had the, the day to herself at home with other girlfriends with their partners. And at some point she dabbled with the Ouija board and that invited sort of unknown forces and spirits into our house. And I remember going to Sunday school and talking to my priest about it, and he gave me a book to give to my mum. I can't remember the passage in it, but, and I really wish I did because my mum's passed, but I don't try to contact my mum. I'm, I'm happy that she's settled and that I believe that she'll be risen like the rest of us. You're, you're not open to any of that, are you? 
Well, I'm not into sort of divination in the sense I don't believe in it. Um, I don't think it's a good positive thing, but that's my own personal preference. Yes. Uh, That, that's, uh, that's my personal savior for me to, to not try to dabble. But when I hear of this and I understand these things are real, um, I look at cases of say reincarnation where small children, you know, talk about passing into this life from just falling into, uh, they were out playing with yes. their brothers and sisters and they, they fell into this world and they're born again and they're living this experience, but they still remember their past life, you know? So I believe that as a human being, as a soul, that it's possible that we live again. And Jesus Christ gives us a message of, you know, through him, we shall have everlasting life. Um, if we go for the scientific level, they say that, you know, energy can't die. It can only be dispersed into another energy. Uh, or transformed into another energy in a sense. Um, you know, people say that, um, um, that, that there is darkness and we live among darkness. We see dark things going on, but darkness can be sort of brought into light. Um, and so I try to find the light even in darkness. So I understand there's dark areas, dark matter, um, you know, paranormal, um, these sort of things that are prevalent in, in the real world, you know, even though, People deny these existences of these things, but they're very real. And I, and I was fortunate, not fortunate, but I was sort of like privy to that as a young boy. And I remember orbs and, uh, and things moving. And so I, I've seen these sort of paranormal activities. Yeah, you, you have so, weird things so I, happen in your life, correct? At an early age I'm too. I, I'm from a, sorry about uh, talking over you there. I was just, uh, alluding that I have a feeling you uh, were definitely having all these experiences very early on in your life as well. Oh yeah, when I was from about four years old, I remember uh, seeing the first lot of orbs. They they were around our house. They were like Christmas light orbs, you know, um, you know, uh, Christmas balls, but they they were translucent. They still with color, but translucent and you know, sort of three four inches round in, in cases. And I just remember me and my twin chasing them through the the living room, and we jump up on the sofa and they go behind the sofa, and then. Then they dart out and go behind the, the, the curtains and we'd go to the curtains and they're gone. And, but we both look at each other and we know what we've seen and it was very real. Um, I remember ghosts in, in our house, but you know, these entities, I just thought that they were again, the lost types of spirits rather than, um, coming to give us trouble. I felt that they were sort of looking for help. It was like a beacon of light or something was appearing to them, whether it was our psychic or sixth sense or, you know, and un- yet sort of discovered how, how we think and feel about this sort of paranormal life as well as this physical world. Um, but something was happening that they were coming into our existence. But I remember my mum, um, getting this book from, from the church in, where I lived in Battersea in London. And, um, it, it changed my mum's life. It, it, it brought her closer to God and to Jesus and to, to herself realizing that that paranormal existence is very real, but it's not, it's not in any sort of capacity, sort of uh, in a manageable form, I felt, for my mom. And so she felt more closer to stay with the Lord Jesus. And she she preached adamantly about Jesus and, and the way of, you know, the good news that it's, you know, not the old books. They're telling you about the experiences. And they do talk about giants and Nephilims and, and uh, you know, alien encounters and Nephilim encounters. And all of those people that did encounter even... You know, those with the angels, they were all fearful, you know. And so working in the last five years with paranormal activity and in this case, um, 
the ufology field where people are abducted and, and have been taken against their will and not just in a, in a dream state of say out of body experience, but physically the whole body, um, taken away. I, I have, you know, studied it and then found that there's cases in Christian activity like, um, Dr. Dr. Uh, what's his name? Um, He's uh, Joe Jordan from MUFON down in Florida. He, he came into the field of, of the, the sort of ufology by introducing experiences that had overcome being taken um, by calling Jesus, um, calling Jesus in, in a real truth of self, even if they couldn't say it by being paralyzed or whatever, but they could think it. If they just thought the name Jesus, 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 they were able to fall back down on the bed. And in some cases, um, not be taken through the ceiling or through the, the window or the glass or what, whatever experience that, that they're taken from that, you know, Dr. David Jacobs, who, who hypnotizes these people and takes them all back that from all walks of life and societies, they all say the same thing. So this phenomenon of interaction with entities that seem to be multidimensional, um, it is a real phenomenon. And so I came into it talking to experiences, again, even meeting people like Robert through the crop circle side initially, and then finding out this other phenomenons about Robert. Um, but to me, I, I feel I'm in the right area, but I'm, I'm not in any way, you know, the more I know, the more I know, I know nothing. And I don't want to stand and say, I hold on to this belief because, you know, just like the earth, everything is, is continually going and, you know, the, the attitude of people that say started in UFOs 50 years ago, you know, the, the, the what's talked about from these experiences and the abductees today is very different. So there seems to be this sort of conflicting initial story of who the aliens are and why they're here and why they need to interact with us. Their stories seem to change, and I wish it was done in the, in the light of day um, rather than what seems to be this paranormal experience and a sort of nighttime exposure of being taken away. But But there is this case of... You know, what I felt with all these abductees or experiences they get called, that they all feel this unconditional love at some point, that, that they are with a good, good being, a good sense of being. Um, now whether that's a Stockholm syndrome of say, what happens to abductees in, in kidnaps and stuff where they feel sorry for their abductors, I'm not sure if that's the same category. Maybe Dr. John Mack would have known more about that. But, um, I do feel that, that I still feel not doubtful or, or, you know, negative, but I feel that I'm not instantly prepared to just jump on board with being in salvation by aliens. I think Jesus coming through the clouds where the whole world will see him. Um, I believe in that theory in my inner spirit, in my hope of life. Um, but, but, um, as it being for jumping on an alien spaceship and going away with these beings, I don't know. Whether I'll have a choice, I don't know, but, you know, I'll leave that to, to what comes to my future. But I'm, I'm, you know, I have, I'm optimistic about our spirit. Um, either way, we're all coming and going out of this world. So, uh, whatever way it be, let's hope it's a bang. Yes. Very well said, as always, my friend. And Robert, are, are you, are you okay now? Are you feeling better? Yes, I'm okay. I'm totally uh, okay. I feel good that I have shared this. And um, I will tell to all the people that it is very important that when people will have contact with other 
uh, life forms from other planets or what we call aliens, that it is the most important that you first make contact with the source above all the star constellations, all the Milky Ways, and that we call that God, but that's the light that creates everything. When you ask for protection that the right thing will come through, the right thing will um, come true. You have also a book that calls Dealing with God's Spirit World. Um, in the Netherlands, we call that Omgang met God's Geest de Wereld. Um, it calls Dealing with God's Spirit World, and that shows uh, how you can uh, go with God through the spirit world. It's not bad that you have contact with that relatives when you not forsake it or push it too too much then it's then it's okay then you can have telepathic contact with that relatives you know the same when you have telepathic contact with your friend that's living on this earth or your girlfriend when you out of the blue think on them and then the telephone is going and that person is on the telephone uh, that's telepathy between telepathy between uh living persons but yes. Also, you can have also contact from out your mind with people that have no body more. They are on the other side. If, if, I, can, if I can just say again, you know, you had Dan Drayson that came over from America and stayed with you for two weeks to, to um, experiment and see what, what you were. And he, remember, he was studying um, um, the guy from Sweden who was the first guy to really talk about white noise and, uh, you know, hearing the dead and what what was clear from from that sort of understanding of of being in contact in a divination sense with the other side was that if you'd done something repeatedly say at three o'clock in the afternoon you put a tape recorder down and you recorded for 10 minutes every day for a year after a small period of time the other side knows that that will be a beacon of light at that time, every time, even if it's a different time scalar sense, they understand there's some connection there. And and so that's how I believe that white noise system works. And it's very true. People who do believe in that belief system or understanding or want to connect to that for their mm-hmm. own closure, they, they, they're doing that and it really does work. And the voices, um, I don't believe it's demonic myself personally. I believe it's a comforting thing for yeah. these people. And I believe it's exactly. there their relatives and I believe in the afterworld that's why I, I don't wish to contact uh, personally I see. Uh, if it comes upon me then so be it but but as I say I'm comfortable where my mum is she was a good person um, she helped others and uh, I think she'll be in a good place so anyway guys back to you yes and Robert yes when, when you were growing up did your parents implement religion on you at all or did you come into religion later on in life uh, no, when I was a child, it's funny that you say this from Johnny, uh, I was sent you the pictures. You remember me off last week that I was in the church and that I was playing, uh, an, wow. uh, yeah, a priest. I was, um, I was, uh, when I was a child, I was seven years old. I was having very strong the wish to be a priest. And, uh, I was, uh, growing up in a, a Catholic uh, family. 
And uh, I was uh, also helping uh, the priests in the church for real when I was young to um, to uh, deal the, to do the miss and uh, it have some name uh, miss helper or how you call that. Uh, but I was as a child helping in the church and I was having the wish to be a priest. And I was um, make for my sleep room a church and I was do the miss. Uh, for my sister, she was then <laughs> coming to the church, and I was do the miss for her. Uh, so I was playing as a child that I was uh, a priest, um, but uh, yeah, I was having the wish as a child also to yeah, I was feel the presence from God around me, and I was all the time feeling you know I must tell something about it, but I was. Uh, sucked it in a religion way when I was in a Catholic family, but I know now I've learned through my experience that God is is much bigger and much more holy than the religion. The religion ah, yes. is a belt. Right. The religion the religion is a belt that's too tight around God, and He cannot. Yeah, religion is can be okay. There are lots of good parts also in it, but God is. You cannot give it a name. It's too big to, for it. It's too big. When we stay quiet and we give God self the chance to come, to talk, then God feel himself more free. Yes, and I do want to thank both of you tremendously for being a part of the program. I see we kind of ran, it, uh, ran the interview's course here, and time just flew along as it usually does here on the program. And again, I, I want to thank both. You, Johnny, and Robert for spending your uh, mornings here with me and all of the listeners yeah, out there. It's, it's been a fantastic time talking to both of you. Thank you. I, I'm agree. Yeah, also with you, and I'm I'm sure that Johnny was like it also. I've loved every minute of it, Michael. I think you've got a great show going on here, the end of days, uh, the Michael Deacon program. I'll tell you what, this is going to be a phenomenal show, I think. You're going to go a long way with this show, sir. Ah, well, thank yes. you very much. Yeah. Appreciate I'm sure that. you are, you are, you are a very good soul and, uh, you, you, you are a sweet person, honest person, and that will help a lot of people and people can feel it also. And I'm sure that you will have a lot of success with it. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you, uh, both of you. And right now I, I do want to leave both of you with, with the final word. Um, Robert, let's start with you. Any any final words? Any any words of advice to the audience out there? Any words of yeah. encouragement? In other words, yeah, of course I will do that. Uh, first, I will say to everybody, thank you that you uh, trust me. Thank you that you was listen, and uh, I hope that you take it with you and uh, do something with it, do do with it what you want, but do something good with it. And uh, when skeptics tell you that intuition not exists, don't listen. Intuition exists and the voice of from God, you can hear it through your intuition. Listen very good to your intuition and then you will come where you belong. Very nice. And what about you, Johnny? Any final words, any, any uh, thoughts and opinions about the interview? Um, well, I hope that it answered a few questions. Um, it, you know, if there is any follow-up, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. Um, so if you get anything, please link it on. Um, you can call me at minds.com forward slash Johnny Webb with one end. Um, 
But, yeah, if I wanted to leave a message, I suppose it's that, look, don't take our word, don't take my word or Robert's. Just do your own research. Listen to maybe what we've said and then dive into that. But do your own research, you know. Um, it's the most important thing, not just listen to what other people say. You know, when they say someone's fake, don't just say, oh, yeah, he said he was fake, so he's got to be fake. Do the research and come up with your own understandings. And that's what I've done. And so, you know, I, I got to know Robert, as I say, two years ago. Uh, five months ago, he asked me to help him. And uh, in that time, I've got to know him very well uh, enough uh, on a personal, private level, um, respectfully not to mention it, you know, and mention things on a private level. But on that level, as well as on the uh, the level of his spirituality and his understanding connections with higher dimensional forces and beings. You know, for me, I asked the Lord for if you could show me a reason and understanding of why I work in a paranormal world and why we have aliens and lights and things in the sky. And Robert knocked on my door and I asked the Lord for information before. And I think he sent me Robert. Um, as, as a sort of an experience, you know, to go and, and travel down. Um, but remembering to stay close to the Lord, but be open-minded, you know, and that's what I feel I'm doing at the moment. Thank you for that. So, oh, did, did you get cut off there? No, sorry, uh, I, I wanted to end and say, so, so that was why, uh, I do what I do. And I just hope that, that you can find your own information, not just. Yes. Cutting out there. Sorry about that. But okay. yeah, um, back to you, Michael. Yes, and that's robertvandenbrook.com for those who want to check out some more of his work and photographs and some of the, some of the things we talked about. You can go to his website and you can find all of that. And once again, thank you boys. Well, not boys. Thank you men for being part of the pro. <laughs> yes. Oh, that sounds nice, boy. I feel myself much younger when you say this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I have a habit of saying boy all the time now. I'm not sure why. I've been, I've been doing that for the past couple of months. Yeah, I do that. I call people sir a lot. I don't realize. I, I think I've done it to you a few times. I've as been, well. <laughs> yeah, I've been, you know, I say sir a lot and lots of people get angry at me. I caught heat for that a while back. But yes, regardless, it's been a good time and, and I want to thank both of you yet again. And yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. We'll, we'll do it again in, in the very uh, near future. We'll, we'll do a part two of this interview. Yeah, yeah, to catch up, definitely, you know, with regard, to, sorry to overcut you there, Robert, but yeah, definitely in regard to, uh, you know, getting some feedback with regard to having these tentacles, you know, tested. Oh, yes. And, yes, know, that's good. Yeah, that's very good. I, I hope that we get uh, feedback, John. We, we, we do our best. Yeah, our something's best. happened, but uh, yes. early days yet, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. As I say, still at this point, though, Michael, we, we haven't had any, any feedback from anyone wanting to help. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, I definitely do uh, hope both of you get those results in, and I'm sure those listening at home definitely want an update too. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, gentlemen. Well, take care and, and get yourself some sleep. It's late out there. Yeah, we will do that. And uh, you have a good day, and uh, we meet each other back in the future. Oh, thank yes. You. We'll see each other on the other side. Yes. God bless everyone. God bless bless everyone. Good night, gentlemen. Okay. And there they go. That was Johnny Webb and Mr. Robert Vandenbroek. Great guest. I enjoyed that, and I hope you guys stick around. I've got some emails to go over and got some emails and um, some new stories, rather. And, of course, I'll be taking your call second half if you guys want to call in. That number is 760-332. 
8724. Stick around. I'll be right back after this break. And welcome back to the program. Often imitated, never duplicated. Always so nice to see so many of you uh, still locked in. Thanks for being here with me tonight. And I believe Vanessa is on the line. Hello. There you are. Hi. I hope you enjoyed that little break as much as I did. I did. Always, You always put the best music. I enjoyed the music as usual, too. Mm-hmm. I'm very picky about the music that is played here. Very, um, what can I say? Kind of like a diva. Well, my favorite is Africa. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the songs that I select, they have to have a specific vibe. Yeah, and they have meaning. Oh, that's true. Ooh. Mm-hmm, lots of meaning. <laughs> yeah. So, did you listen to that interview? Yes. What would what, you think? I mean, I want to believe. You want to believe? Yeah, but I then I looked at the pictures. And that and, sold you, or what happened? Well, I I was believing, like, the people pictures, but then I saw the animal pictures, and I was like, hmm, you, you tuned that out. duck. You, you tuned out a bit. Yeah, well, the, the duck was weird. Oh, the duck. Yeah, there's there's a weird picture of a duck. <laughs> yeah, but um, I want to believe. I understand. Yeah. He makes a compelling case, though. I, I he does, though. I yeah. believe. I like honestly, like I I believed a lot of it. Well, me too. Me too. Yeah. And I also wanted to tell everyone that this is a call-in show. Please don't forget, you are free to call in with any question or anything on your mind mm-hmm. or if you just want to hang out for a second here before i wrap up the program you that's are right. Yeah, that's right you are more than welcome to do so and that number is 760-332-8724 and let me repeat that number one more time that number is 760-332-8724 go ahead and call in if you feel compelled enough to talk to me or vanessa here Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy, indeed. <laughs> uh, you don't like when I say that. No, it sounds weird. Don't, it sounds like you're mad. Don't do it. Sarcastic. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, now I like it. It grew on me. Now you, okay. So don't oh, stop. Okay. No, don't stop. All right. Wow. <laughs> and I must say we survived yet another week. We've seen more lineup changes in the Trump administration than a major league baseball team. Mm-hmm. It's quite difficult to find good help these days. Would you say? Mm. Yes. I find it all very entertaining and unpredictable, very much like this live show. I seriously never know what's going to happen next. And I, could, I thought you were going to talk about mm-hmm. Florida. Well, that's kind of why I have you on the line. I was going to segue into that. About the bridge? Yes, about the bridge. That's exactly one of the primary uh, reasons why I, I did want to bring you part of uh, tonight's episode here. Oh, I see. That's why. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, go ahead. What do you make of this terrible situation? Apparently, someone had left a voicemail somewhere (laughs) saying there's some sort of crack. Yeah. Well, they had discussed the crack. They had discussed the crack like hours before. Um, Everything here is like everything is made very like ghetto here. I mean, that's like very close to where I live. I go by that. By that street, 8th Street is like a main like street, and everybody travels through there. Like, there's always traffic, bumper to bumper traffic, traffic all mm-hmm. the time. And the thing is that, um, 
every like it's a it's a very popular bridge because they've been building it for like a, you know like for a little while like a few days and stuff like that so they closed the you know so um mm-hmm. but i mean everything here is always made super ghetto like it looks <laughs> like it looks like it's like a hundred years old Damn. like when it's only been there for like a week that's no good no? yes yeah wow, wow so i'm not surprised you're not surprised that well as soon as i heard the store i i read the the headlines uh bridge I, I i'm forgetting exactly what it said but basically it was saying that the bridge went down and automatically i thought oh florida yeah <laughs> but this is miami this is not n- northern florida this is like south florida the weird mm-hmm. shit always happens in northern florida is that so is that where all those crazy headlines come from yeah, because it's usually like, you know, like the Bible Belt part of Florida. Bible Belt, yes. <laughs> yes. Quite familiar but, with those folks there. Yes, but on in South Florida, we're a little bit more, you know, I mean, like, I, I don't like it here, but, you know, there's a little bit more culture, you know? We don't have sex with alligators, although I'm sure there is some people that do. There probably is. Bestiality yeah. is still going around. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to go away. <laughs> no, and especially with that movie. Which one? That shape, that shape of Water movie. That's I, I know. Bestiality. I know nothing about that. The only thing that I know is that Academy President John Bailey is under investigation right now for some sort of sexual harassment thing. He is—he's um, like the president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Um, I'm not surprised. I—I I was just gonna say, no one is no longer shocked or surprised about any of these uh, issues anymore. What a weird time it is to be alive, right? Yep, me too. <laughs> me too, the movement? Yes, you too, right? M- me three. Yeah, I saw you being harassed in the chat room. You saw that? Yes. I was getting harassed. It was, well, a, a little uncomfortable at times. <laughs> Just a tiny bit. Yeah. W- what did you make of that? Of what? Of, of you being harassed? Of me being harassed. Did you? Were, were you scared for me a little bit there? It's all in good fun. I harass you sometimes too. Well, not like not like that. Not like the guy no. was. A little <laughs> no, bit different. Like yeah, no, they 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 harass. Some some people do harass me in the chat room. Yeah. That's a uh, michaeldeacon.com. There is a chat room there. You could go in there and sometimes you'll find me live and direct there. Very much being like harassed. This, being harassed. Very much like yeah. this program that number 7603328724. Definitely call in if you dare, or that's if you right. no, or if you don't, that's fine too. Yeah, don't be scared. We don't bite. A lot of people are afraid of calling in here. I'm not sure why. I I get pretty afraid sometimes. You a little nervous? Yeah, I never know what you're gonna say. You're gonna catch me off guard. Yeah, that happens every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> not too often though. No, I like it. Yeah. So I I, I did have another question about Florida. And I, of course. I don't think I've ever asked you this question. Why is it that we see so many bizarre stories coming from your part of the woods? Well, I mean. What do you think that is? Is it, is it something in the water? Probably. I mean, we're surrounded by it. Probably, right? Contaminated water. There's fluoride probably. in the water. I, fluoride, yes. <laughs> you got to buy um. Alexa Pro. Alexa Pro. Don't, don't get me sued here. We don't want to have another lawsuit on our hands. Oh, true. Not another sponsored. one. <laughs> Not sponsored. Well, it's funny you say that. The whole sponsor thing. I, I did have an advertiser here on the program. If, if you do remember. Yeah, it was you remember a, that? a liquor store, right? A liquor store. There you go. Yeah. Isn't that random? 
Well, no, a lot of drunk people listen to your show. That is true. <laughs> a lot of drunk people do listen to this program. I, I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. A lot of people do like to, you know, sit back and um, drink a bit. I mean, well, it is on a Saturday. Let's. That's true. You know, let's be fair. The Lord's Day. Yes, they're getting drunk on a Saturday. That's really normal, drunk. I guess. Yeah, I, I see nothing uh, wrong about that. That's fine if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. on your downtime, as long as you're not drinking on the job. Uh, there's people that do that, you know. I mean, they get drunk, they get high. People like to get high and drunk and listen to this program, too. There's plenty yeah. of those, and that's I fine. Mean, I, could, I could see why. I could see why. You could see why? Yeah, I mean, the topic. What is it? Is it yeah, it trips them out? Yeah, it's like, it's like whoa. Like, you you know, like you, you hear the guy tell, t- telling the stories about, you know, the crop circles, and you're like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> well, it is, a little, it is a little funny that we mentioned that part about being high. Um, yeah. If I recall, there's... A few delivery uh, drivers out here in my area that listen to this program um, while they work. Oh wow! And obviously, you know they're not sober. Let's just no. Be, they get just, they get high on their own supply. And let's just be real here. Yeah. That that's what I heard though. I'm sure. I never knew that sort of thing was ever gonna uh, happen, but it, it it definitely has happened, and I've had that conversation, and it's quite bizarre. Yep. Yes. And by the way, I had some emails here. I don't know if you want to stick around and listen to me talk about that. You're more than welcome to, though. I, I would like your opinion on those. Okay, I'll stick around. Are you going to do voices? No? No, I'm not going to do any voices. Not tonight. Okay, all right. Well, I, I, I can't even do my own voice. I like your voice. Uh, thank you. That Going back to the chat room now. <laughs> That's right. They called you voice porn. I felt so uneasy. Yeah, I well, felt uncomfortable. Know, it was when they started saying that they wanted to cuddle you that made me uneasy. I was, <laughs> yes, I felt like I was being sexually molested here on the program. Hashtag me too. I, I was, uh, what's that one woman who was, she was complaining a couple years ago, something about a video game, her character got raped? Oh. Yeah, and she was complaining about that. Well, you, I don't remember. I but just randomly like remember that? that. Yeah, that's how I felt. I felt I felt like I was getting raped. I felt like I was getting crucified. I was crucified earlier. Yeah, I felt weird too. Yes, I'm glad we both came to that realization of mm-hmm. what can go down on the Wild West. Yeah, but if you go there. to MichaelDeacon.com live chat room, you could harass Michael anytime. That's true. That's MichaelDeacon.com <laughs> for those that are listening to the live stream. And, of course, those who listen back. On the replay on uh, YouTube, lots of people there who tune in. I'm quite surprised. Mm-hmm. Love those people out there. You saw how I, I, you know, I the promo. You, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> you did a quite the the well spoken job there, and how to actually promote and put over the program. Good job. You, I know. Thanks. I learned from the best. Did you now? Yes. Good job. Thank you. Oh boy. Yeah, now you're just copying everything. How dare you? <laughs> By the way, oh, what's this? I'm seeing something in the chat room. One question, Mike uh, Fetzer knows these events are illegal, right? I'm not quite sure what he's asking me in the chat room. You have to clarify. Would be great if you did a show on South Africa. That that's your that's your song. 
there, Vanessa? Oh, yes. Africa by Toto. There you go. Yes. It'd be great if I did a show about South Africa, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. About the rains, who the do rains we, down in Africa. Who do I know that's from Africa? I, I know the illustrator of the program that does the artwork here. He's from Africa. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Does a I good like job. your logo, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you noticed that, huh? Yes. Yeah, he, he did a really, really terrific job. Mm-hmm. And anyways, let me go back to this email that I haven't answered. And I, you know, every time I, I get the opportunity to do the second half of the program, I, I always say, oh, I'm going to read emails. And I end up never doing that. All right. Well, tonight's perfect. Tonight is the night. And I'm glad mm-hmm. everyone out there is here. I'm looking at the numbers. I appreciate you folks staying late, staying up with me and Vanessa here. Ah. Speaking of which, what, what time is it over there? It is 1.47. Wow. Dedication. Look at the dedication there. I know, right? I'm proud. So this this email is from Kevin in South Carolina. I didn't even know I had the listener there. Can you imagine mm-hmm. that, Kevin. Vanessa? Kevin. Shout out, Kevin. Shout out to Kevin out there. Uh, he emails in with, hey, Michael, I'm a fan of your show. I've been listening for a long time. I'm proud of what you've accomplished in short time. I also really enjoy the music you play on your breaks. Maybe sometime you could list some of the songs you play. Oh, well, well now. He also asked me who has been my favorite guest. Um, thanks for the email, Kevin. And right on, a listener from South Carolina. A very interesting. And also, I, I wanted to say I've been debating if I want to start the program early, uh, back to the original time of 7.30 p.m., or um, if I should just keep it as is. I, I do want to accommodate those in the East Coast. How do you feel about that, Vanessa? I mean, that would I mean that would be good, I think. A half an hour earlier, that would be good. You think that'd be all right? I mean, I'll stay up till whenever. You're but dedicated. For other people. Yeah, I'm dedicated. I'm I love special. that. But <laughs> 7.30 is that, or 7 p.m. or 7.30, do you think that's good? I think 7.30. Hmm. 7.30. Yeah. Whoa. That's what, 10.30, 10.30 our time? Yeah, I think 10.30 is good. Because mm. your show has like a night, like a night vibe. Night vibe? Yeah, a night, a night vibe. Show. Yeah. All right, well, we I could try to do that. I'll try to work that in there soon. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, thanks for mentioning the music. I'll try to do that sometime. Uh, I'll try to list some of those songs. A, a lot of those songs I, I definitely love. Really admire the music I play during the breaks. They definitely mean a lot. They all have meaning. And also, Vanessa, keep in mind, he sent this email around December. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's how long you've been postponing this? Right. That's right. how long I've ghosted him. Oh, wow. That's 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 awful, right? That's messed up. It is. I feel like a dick. Yeah, he probably thinks you don't care. Yeah, he he hates me now. He probably stopped listening a long time ago. There's a lot of people that dislike this program and, and they just hate me. But they still listen. Don't worry, I hate me too. But they, no. They still listen though. They do, they do. Yeah. They they occasionally will drop in every now and then and listen to this program. That's right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, I haven't been answering any emails in quite some time. It's kind of hard to also say who has been my favorite. Uh, yes, yeah, so far in 2018, there's been some fun shows. I, I definitely admit tonight was a fantastic program. I would have to say, Vanessa, mm-hmm. it was da- it was damn good. 
It was really good. It was fun. Yeah. And also some I think are better than others. It depends what you like or who you like. Everyone, yeah. everyone comes into this program with, with very bad habits because they're from the outside. I mean, I think one of your best is probably, um, John B. Wells. John B. Wells. Yeah. That's that one a, of your best ones. That was a great show too. I, yeah. I'm quite fond of John. I'm also fond of the Mel Gibson one. <laughs> oh, the Mel Gibson episode. Yes. Passion of the Christ. Yes. I, I'm a fan of that one, but I'm biased, so I don't know. That was a, that was a roller coaster. Yes. Yeah. I, I gotta do that again sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. One episode that I am quite fond of is the episode where, uh, Gene Steinberg was on. That was hilarious. Uh. I kinda went at, I kinda went at him there. I was a little bit rude. Okay, but you do that a lot. I, that you, well, that's true. I think it goes unnoticed though. Yeah, I don't think people have do quite it, caught on. You do it with on. respect. You do it low That's key. true. I don't think people have quite caught on to uh, the format of this program and how things flow. I, yeah, I remember that one. I remember that now one. You now you do. Now. Yes, I remember. That was your last one of 2017. It was. That was, a, yeah. that was a good one, right? Yeah, that was a good closer. Yeah, that was uncomfortable for him. Yeah. It was awkward for him. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to be, you know... Well he, well, he pissed me off. What can I, what can I say? Well, not really. I wasn't really pissed off, but I was just getting annoyed with him. He was, um, kind of boring me to death. Yeah. He was, he was, he was trying to like, you know, like be a uh, neutral, like not piss anybody off. And he was trying not to, pissing. yeah, he was trying not to burn bridges, but come on. You, you got to have some fun sometime. I know. And this show is about burning bridges. No, I'm just kidding. It kind of is every now and then. That's true. Yeah. More so. Uh, mm-hmm. Check that episode out if you want a good laugh. And uh, thanks for that email once again. And I believe I have another one. This now, um, this email comes from a listener in Dallas. See, that makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. Because when I interviewed John B. Wells, lots of his listeners came over here. From yeah. good old Texas. From good old Texas, right. Mm-hmm. There's some good folks Even out the- there. Yeah, Alex Jones. He's getting <laughs> sued, I, I read. I mean, again? He's getting sued. Uh, Fox News is getting sued for the whole uh, Seth Rich thing. The parents are suing both Alex Jones and Fox News, I believe. I mean, well, Alex Jones gets sued like every day. He gets sued like every other every other week, right? Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, imagine it, all that It's the globalist money. damn globalist. Number. It's the globalist? <laughs> yes. You're probably right. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well... We got another email here from a listener in Dallas named Christine. She writes in with Michael. I've been listening back to old episodes, and I've noticed you also have talked about relationships in the past. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. I oh, no. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about how – I wanted to ask about yours, how you feel about online dating apps and marriage. Thanks for the email, Christine. Oh boy. This is interesting. One of these emails again. I'm interested in this. Response. You know, I am always transparent when, when these things come up and gotta be honest with you, Vanessa. Uh huh. Gotta be honest. Am I going to get triggered? Well, I'm already triggered. I, I just got to tell you th- okay. this, this program has really tanked friendships, relationships, potential relationships, potential Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm not lying. 
Well, it's I mean, the if they can't, it's if the they truth. can't, but you love this show. This is your show. Of if they course. can't take it. Of course. And th- this program has ended lots of things. I'm not going to, I can't sit here and lie to you or to the listeners. I've always been who I am in life. And sometimes the truth and my honesty has really gotten me into some shit. Well, then those people don't deserve you. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. Very kind indeed. Yes. Oh, so where do I begin? Where do I begin? And men who are already married, you, you could you could step out of the room. This is not really going to serve you at all. It's fine. You could you could walk away now. I'm not going to be offended. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. And um, most of them probably already stand this sort of thing, and it's already too late for you. And uh, here we go, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. I'm not okay. sure if I'm the right person to ask, though. I haven't really been good at dating, uh, to be mm-hmm. honest here. The more and the more I've gotten the chance to really do that self-observation, I, I realized I'm not normal at all. No? I'm not normal. No, I think a lot of that stems from having to have been filtered up, uh, filtered up for, for so long. Uh, I'll talk about myself here some more and I know I'll regret doing it, but, but whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm so honest with all of you out there. So, uh, in terms of, uh, dating apps, I'm not, not at all familiar with any of them really, aside from the ones I've laughed at and found humor in. It's actually become, uh, the new normal to use these, um, dating apps. People use, uh, Tinder. Uh, some people use Grinder. Yeah, but those are just for sex. I don't think those are for relationships. Well, there are studies that have been going on, but then again, you know, who do you really trust nowadays? Yeah, I mean, people are slimy. They're saying these things are actually, they've actually been pretty um, helpful for some people. I think, I think it's just because people are really desperate. You think so? Yes, I think that it, there comes like a time that people get like super desperate that they'll right. just settle. <laughs> just settle, huh? So, yeah, some people go to some people go to uh, paranormaldate.com, I think it's called, or Christian Mingo. I think that's like the last, like the last step. Christian Mingo, imagine. Yeah, that's like the last, like when you're super, like that's it. You're at the end of your rope. That's you're about when you're to die. Like, commit suicide. You yeah, you go there. You're just gonna shoot yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, there, there's even a Donald Trump supporter dating site too. Oh, I did not know that. There but, is. Wow. MAGA. <laughs> I, I don't have a, oh my God. I, I don't have much of, a, uh, of any opinion on these apps. I've personally not used them before and can't really comment on that aspect. And if they Me work either, for you, honestly, I'm glad. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk down, uh, to those who use the apps. I, I just can't. I'm not going to judge I them. I will tell you that I do know people or I have known people that have met on those apps and have even gotten married. They met on ICQ? They met like on the old ones, like Match.com. Match.com. That that's still a very popular uh, dating site, I believe. There's, yeah, that's like the original mm-hmm. gangster. Of that's the OG. Uh, there's, I think there's like um, eHarmony, right? And and like Date.com and. Yeah. There was one I think called PlentyOfFish.com. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, my sister. I have a sister that's single, and she uses all those sites. Single and, and she, ready to mingle, folks. Yeah, and she's, I think she went on Plenty of Fish, I think. Yeah, but they were all, it's all that. It's all about sex. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. resist. Yeah, no. <laughs> Couldn't resist. 
So yeah, I can't really talk down to people who use um, these sort of things. Mm-hmm. I really can't. And when I had a girlfriend who I was with for multiple years, I avoided uh, meeting any of her friends. I avoided it for so long, and I got away with it. I, you know, I always knew if I met them, the relationship would tank. And I always tell guys out there, I always tell the men out there, the ones who actually listen to what I have to say, who uh, aren't married and don't have a girlfriend, and, and well, try not to get yourself into a situation where you have to meet up with, with her friends or her best friend even. Uh, most of the time, it's just a disaster waiting to happen. That is true. Women are, yeah, they're trouble. Especially in groups. That's what I've learned. Yes. I mean, if they if they are jealous or whatever, they will try to, like, sabotage the situation. Oh, you know, yes. You because they want, they want their friends single or, you know what I mean? It all depends. It's a different time we live in. Yeah, I and agree. You basically have to be pretentious and filtered up. Yeah. Uh, and I've done the whole song and dance and routine plenty of times, but you, you, you know, you definitely reach a certain mindset where you simply no longer care. Mm-hmm. And this will probably make me seem uh, a bit cynical and uh, jaded. And in most cases, I, I kind of am. Yes. The, the charm certainly goes away after I meet the friends. And as uh, soon after, I already know that I probably won't end up talking to this person. Uh, sometimes it goes that way. N- not always. I'm partially true, but I'm being a little over dramatic. It, it doesn't always go that way. Sometimes okay. I, yeah, sometimes I know it's gonna, I can make it work, but, but then again, sometimes I already know it's gonna, uh, sink just like the Titanic. Well, if they don't, if they don't support you and what you do, then that'll never work. True. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I, I don't lose any sleep over that sort of thing. No. I do fine. I yes, do very you'll fine. Be, you'll, you'll do okay. Oh, I, I do, I do fine for myself. It's just, I, I, like I said, I, I've reached a point where in most cases, some people just, they're able to vibe with most other people. I'm able to do so, but then there's times where just something will just trigger me and I just can't be around that person. It's mm-hmm. kind of like when someone coughs and you've been around them for so long, you just want to punch them around their face. I mean, breathes, even breathes sometimes. Uh-huh. You, you want to punch them in the face. Yes. I understand. And I've, I've been through that. Trust me. Even, mm-hmm. even the people I know who I'm very close to who have children and they're married and blah, blah, blah. Um, even then there's times where they end up not really liking their own kids at times. That's, 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 that's scary. Awful. It's scary that when is, it gets that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That uh-huh. is like, yeah. Spe- <laughs> speaking of which, there was a preacher who cheated. Uh, while using that Ashley Madison website, it was pretty strange. I remember reading some weird thing that just came to my mind right now. I mean, mm-hmm. he was trying to use like Bitcoin on the dark web. Oh. Something like that. <laughs> A preacher? Wow. I'm not even sure how that popped into my mind, but that came to <laughs> my mind just now. So, um, anyways, <laughs> back, back to the, the whole thing. Oh my, yes. And I, I've been single for a while, and I know I'm a difficult person. I know I'm a bit rough around the edges. I'm well aware. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I would uh, trade it trade it in for those who are married and have kids, to be honest. The, the people I know who have kids and are married, a lot of them, like I was just saying, regret having kids or regret being married. Uh, you, you really can't win. I, I can only yeah. say whatever works for you. I, I you, you have my blessing, and I'm happy for you. I think it's all about time. I think eventually, you know, like the kids thing is, is pretty permanent. It, the kids thing is permanent. You got to like stick with them. 
But I mean, like getting married, you know, you get married and then if you don't want to be married anymore, you don't be married anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's how easy it is. Yeah, exactly. But the kids thing, you got to uh, stick hard. with the kids. That's really difficult when you have the, the kids, I know. Yeah, you can't be one of those deadbeat dads. Ooh, the deadbeat dads, yes. Yeah, I have one of those. My dad. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, let's not get... Let's not yeah, get. <laughs> things got dark there. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, like, there you go. Things got dark. And mm-hmm. by the way... They got real. It they got, got real. real they got too real. But yes, yeah. that that was... Uh, that was my answer to that whole email there. I went on a strange rant there. I do apologize. I don't know what came over me. I mean, I think a lot of people me. appreciate you being real. Thank you. Like, thank you, sure Christine, by the way. Thank you, Christine, for that, e- uh, that email there. I, I went, I went a little crazy there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what, what came over me, but I felt I, I needed to say that. So yeah. I did. I So I did. And I felt good saying that to all, all of you out there. As you know, I'm very transparent and I and I do enjoy all the nice things you people do email me with. Very touching stuff sometimes. There, there There's one of a listener I have who listens to this program with, with his wife or they used to listen more uh, back in the early days, too. And now they really like this program and they would listen together. So the, the program brought them closer together. Aww. Yeah. Very, very sweet stuff. And I believe, uh, I, I think Johnny, uh, is giving me a call here. Hey, Michael. Uh, Johnny, what's going on? We're, we're here live on the program. I'm not here alone. I'm here with Vanessa and, uh, what's going on, Johnny? Hi, Johnny. Hi, Vanessa. How are you doing? Johnny Five. Good. Thank you. Yeah, just now I was just checking back in because um, um, normally when I, when I talk to my guests afterwards, I give them a call back and, you know, just see how it went and stuff. Oh, but, it, um, it was a good I, interview. I, I, We're here at the uh, tail end of the program. But, yeah, the, the the interview was great. We were just talking about that uh, about 20 minutes ago or so. Cool, cool. So It was I, I, a I, very good. It was one of my favorites, actually. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Um, you know, I hope it sort of helps um, – a few cases and a few sort of questions that were sort of being asked about Robert, about what happened, um, about, you know, how they think it's a hoax and, you know, just a lot of things that, that are reasonable questions, you know, when when you're dealing with something like this. Um, I think it's important to, to answer those questions. And I've put, well, put it to Robert, you know, that you do a lot of stuff in Dutch, but you really need to make it in English so that people understand what's really being said here because... You know, there's a lot of questions, and and they do, you know, warrant answers. And right. if you're talking on sensitive levels like, you know, people's families and missing, you know, bodies and things like that, it's it's imperative that, that you're forthcoming and straight with everything that that is demanded in answers like this. So, uh, you know, I've been working with Robert for a few months to get him in that understanding in an English sense of speaking, that he's mm-hmm. able to put that over to people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, go ahead, he Vanessa. seems he seems very genuine. Like when he like when he speaks, like he totally seems like like you know like legit. Like I believe what he says. The only thing is, I'm weird about pictures because there's so many fake pictures out there that that's the only thing that kind of like you know throws me off. But hearing him speak, like I totally believe what he's saying, and I think he's genuine. 
Likewise, but but in regards to the pictures, I think it's imperative that we do discuss this because you know you do get a lot of people that are very very photo savvy. They know about digitization, they know about mm-hmm. Photoshop, and they can come up with all these reasons why they think it's Photoshop. But I think what stumps most people is the fact that if these people actually come into contact, like a lot of skeptics has in the past, and bring their own cameras, they just come away with you know, an open mind. They're, they're, they're no longer skeptic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that, you know, there's lots of documentaries that are out there that, that clearly show that from TV companies to, uh, you know, to, to renowned researchers. And they come away with, with the impression that what they see hands on is real. Uh, it's fair enough, you know, if you're looking at someone's YouTube video to say, yeah, that's fake and, uh, and ride it off and, you know, put, put, you know, um, some sort of criticism in a, in a, in a, in a comment area. Um, that can have a knock on effect. And then the next thing you know, yeah, oh, it's fake. Oh, everyone knows that's fake. But not everyone does know until you do your own research. And that's what I was trying to emphasize to people like about that situation. But, um, from my experience of working with Robert, like I say, he's always been straightforward. He, he's not fake. I've never felt a shady feeling to him in any way and I've spent you know hundreds of hours now <laughs> dealing with Robert and uh yeah he's a, he's a straight what you see and what you hear is exactly what I feel and hear he, he he doesn't you know waver it's a bit like okay. um Travis Walton you know he just the same from the day he said it to the day he, to the day he still says it he, there's no deviation yeah, he, yeah he's that, very genuine that helps yeah I like that that he sticks with his stories but um you know he it's, it's been really depressed, to be honest with you, in, in, in that sense that he's not, I, I wouldn't say it in a negative light to, to put, put a oh, downer yeah. on Robert, but, but, you know, he is, he's just like me and you and, yeah. and anyone else who's, you know, yeah, they, he might have a bit of limelight or whatever, but in, in the real sense, he's still a human being and really he just seems to be, um, not a channeler, but, but where he interacts, he's, he don't claim none of it for himself, you know, he just says it works through him. Um, just like in the mediumship side of him. But in the UFO sense, he, he feels he's just like a mediumship of a communication of information to try and merge humanity uh, with a bigger consciousness um, in a spiritual sense as well, if you can manifest that spiritual self-understanding in that higher consciousness level self um, to, to say that, look, there's more to the physical. There is the spiritual um, side of us as well and that resides with our soul and you know that, that we should try to to make that that self-connection you know um and, and somewhere within that and in my work i found in the ufo world there, there seems to be this connection of you know connecting to some sort of high consciousness or god source or you know i believe as a christian that that we are bound to to, to, you know, not be closed-minded, to be open-minded, but also be very cautious and careful. You know, if we do need to talk in the Bible sense, it says, uh, to something like a, a divination, we should use the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to come on us or come over us in a sense or in a true sense, come into our sort of consciousness and, and guide us through that consciousness uh, into the right area of, you know, I would call the light, you know, because I, I do understand people can get taken to the dark. Um, but as human beings, we're both dark and light. So we have to sort of manage that, that sort of gauge of, 
balance, I suppose, himself, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe right. that, that we have to sort of not be closed-minded and not just be sort of blinkered. Uh, I think we should investigate and, uh, and trying to find self-realization. And that's all I'm trying to do. And that's what seems to come to me from this kind of work, you know. Yes. Yeah. But, but yes, um, I am going to close up here uh, pretty soon, but I, I do want to thank you, Johnny, for uh, checking back in here and, and letting us uh, know what's going on and what's on your mind. And, and I definitely will uh, check back in with you with, with a lot of the feedback that I'm sure I'm going to receive after this program. Yep. Do your research. Exactly. Well, listen, yeah. guys, I, I didn't mean to cut in back in your show. I thought oh, don't worry. I finished by now, but I just wanted to check back with you anyway. But thank you. For I appreciate that. That's very kind, sir. That was great. Yeah, thank you very much. Vanessa, nice to meet you, and... Uh, thank you. Good night to you all. All right, take thank care. Thank you. And that was our boy, Johnny Webb. That's right, our boy. Johnny Webb. Boy. <laughs> I, You know, I don't know why I've been saying boy a lot lately. I think it's you do it to trigger me. Uh, you don't like that, right? No, oh boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, I, I forgot to ask you, I've been getting this a lot, I'm not sure why. The, the whole... Uh, Twitter thing, I've been getting messages about The Walking Dead, asking if I've been watching, and I just feel like shooting myself in the face. Well, I mean, I think their numbers have dropped. It's over. I think it's a done the done deal. Yeah, I mean, no spoilers, because we don't want to spoil it. Yeah, no but... spoilers, I guess. <laughs> I got I'm going to watch that crap. You did. You watched it. I, don't lie. I had to watch it. You, everybody was just saying, gotta watch and gotta watch it. You know, I got a DM on Twitter from Max Cole. Oh, did you? Yeah, he said, great call, great, and he sent me uh, like a hamster humping a mouse, or a mouse humping a mouse. Well, that's very thoughtful. Yes. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> by, the, by the way, did you see the, the movie Black Panther? No, I did not. That's another one I've been getting asked if I, if I watched it. and No, I, but I, I saw Death Wish. You, how was Death Wish? I think it was good, but I'm biased because I really like Bruce Willis. But I think it was, I think it was good. I was entertained. I didn't get, I usually, when I go to the movies, I usually get pissed that I'm like, damn, I spent 12 bucks on this shit and I did not feel bad. You felt ripped, well, this time you didn't feel ripped off. No, I felt nothing. I felt great. (laughs) Oh, that's a good sign. Yeah. I mean, but I have not seen Black Panther, no. Yeah. I'm not cool. I haven't watched uh, quite a bit of movies, quite a bit of newer movies, rather. I try to watch that one movie with, uh, what's her face? Natalie Portman? <laughs> Is it Annihilation? Uh, Is that what it's called? I, it's like I, a Netflix I, thing? Oh, I haven't seen it. it but it, I know, I think I know what you're talking it about. It stunk, yeah. though. It, it was awful. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. It was terrible. Movies suck now. It was just garbage. I, yeah. it was, don't even watch it. I forget it. I, I can't even, I want to complain about it in so many ways, but I, I don't even, I just lost it right now. I just don't even want to get into it. I, I, I hate it. Well, I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes and people liked it. Well, some people are just dumb. Yeah. People, maybe their standards are for movies aren't very, very high. Yeah. They keep it very low. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a conversation, honest, this is a conversation we always have. Uh, with Max here. Cole? With anyone really that likes movies to a certain extent, it seems like most of the good movies are just not going to happen anymore. What Hollywood yeah. tends to do now is just recycle uh, shit we've seen over and over already. Yeah, if it's not like a superhero movie, oh I mean, God. honestly, 
it's a reboot and then they all suck. I mean, in my opinion, there's way too many um, superhero movies. That's another thing. I'm just done with, with the whole super movie franchise. I could just give a shit less now. Yeah, that's a cause of that's for, um, for a gene. <laughs> I just don't care. Yeah. Terrible. But yes, uh, Vanessa, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. It, it's mm-hmm. been fun talking to you. You, you spent some time here and yeah. I, I don't want to keep you up any longer. And uh, it's been a good, good episode. I have to say this is a good time to close up. I agree. And always a pleasure. I love listening to your show. Oh, thank you. No problem. Very kind of you. But yes, mm-hmm. thanks for being a part of the program, and I'll talk to you soon. Anytime. All right. Take care. Good night. Good night. Good night. Great call there. And I want to thank all of you out there for listening to the program. If you are listening to this on a replay, keep in mind, you can find this program live every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, live on the TuneIn Radio app. If you enjoy this program and want to help fund this project, go to michaeldeacon.com and click that donate button. This program completely depends on its listeners. That means you sitting there. Share this with your uh, family and friends. I'm Michael Deacon. Thank you for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. I could tell that all the mainstream media outlets were giving me like bullshit. Like, if you can just see it, it's clear <laughs> How appropriate. I wish I could be in that ring with Holden right now. It's crazy. I had no idea they should have missed it before 726. Oh, Granny. I like Granny. I'm going to keep it real. A lot of good content. A lot of, a lot of cool topics. You know, I, yeah, I feel, you know, fortunate to have an opportunity. Speaking of the radio, you're in the radio. Yeah, Mr. Rusev. That's him. I like that, man. It's the simplest shit. You go in there, you see the bus window, you say, you're like, I'm going to the smoke. You were you were a headline guy, I'm and then a headline guy. You know what I mean. You, for a while, you popped out. And now you're coming back. For I a while, back. for a while, it's you were actually do, you, you, know were running, I mean? you were running a gym. Tell us about that. Running a gym. Weren't you running you a gym at some point? Supposed to be a news guy. <laughs> That's our research. You weren't. You weren't. Ridiculous. I come on CNN, and the guy don't even know what he's talking about. Go ahead. You at no point were you running a gym? Um, no, no, running a gym. What? No, you, you need didn't to take work a time out. Jesus fucking Christ with these guys. I come on the news for two seconds and, and you want to say, every All time right. I do an interview, a guy wants to open his fucking mouth. Can't All right, even Andrew, do a little thank fucking you very much. Here. We thought that you, you could know, hold go back. fuck yourself. You know what? All I'm right. Fuck the whole fucking network. We'll go back to uh, talking about Art Carney.